0: Thank you for having me on the show.
1: (laughs) Oh, you're welcome. You're here all the time.
0: Oh this is this is the second time, but it's the first time that I've actually podcast with the main host. I mean yeah. Usually (laughs) it's the peons.
1: And she's reading this story, and she's like, what is it with picking these crappy fics? It was that,
0: Two. I liked it. Yeah.
2: She thought it was going to be Harry going out with Maura. She was huffing and puffing about, and then she's like, I mean, it's not even a Harry Ginny fic. And I'm like, uh, yes, it is. And she's like, oh,
1: Harry <laughs> doesn't seem like Harry, and Ginny doesn't seem like Ginny, and... <laughs>
3: I didn't like it because it was not the real characters. It was like these fake characters from this real world. These are basically made up people.
2: That's a cop out because now she can just make up whoever she wants and give them the name that's not really Harry Potter fan fiction.
4: Some of her changes seem logical. Hagrid, that just seems to me like I just don't want Hagrid in here.
2: It's just a ploy to get rid of Hagrid because she can't be bothered writing him because he's too difficult to write. gets
4: that. Girl, what quiet. Okay, ask question. Am oh, I reading this obviously wrong, or is this implying that the East is evil? Because it says, the Western world will <laughs> hold their own, and then later, good and evil, black and white, East and West.
5: Maybe it's more complicated than just what you're thinking, and maybe you should wait until you read the rest of the story.
1: <laughs> Mike is the person that does that. Mike reads chapter one. Now, how does this story end? That's my number one question. <laughs> so, Sorry. Mike... Maine is evil. Maine 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 is fully California.
2: (laughs) It's about Dean and Harry and whether or not their kids are black or white.
1: (laughs) We've made many references to Harry Potter and his family, (laughs) (laughs) multiracial children.
3: I just was honestly just the... think the author forgot that Dean's children would be black Because like, she obviously describes we... them as looking exactly like Ginny, and I'm like, how does that work?
0: <laughs> I hate was
1: to say the it, Jean? but Ginny was messing around. Right. Dean is not the
0: father.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, no.
3: Harry's always hanging around. And he That'd feels that
2: he's their father. And there was yeah, the own father.
1: <laughs> That'd be great if the kids were really short and had this tendency to slip into Irish accents for whatever reason. <laughs> I
4: wonder how long Harry's I don't poach would have held up if Ginny actually came on to him. Would well, he Harry
2: stay- is the most noble man on the face of the planet. I hey, think look. if she had to come on to him, he would have been too honest to do anything about it because he's just that darn noble.
1: Poor Harry. She would have left Dean. but she, yeah, wouldn't she have would have left, left him.
2: Like, if she's coming on to him and confessing yeah. that she loves him, and then he would be worn down and he would <sighs> confess that he loved her too, and then Jenny would leave Dean and the kids would cry and he would, you know, they'd have be a bad separation and Dean would run off with the kids and they'd never see them again and, and Harry... Yeah, and, and
1: the kids would then be like, are you family. my new daddy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Then the wow. kids would then grow up and were. hunt Harry down and you know string him up or something. Yeah,
2: because they, he he broke their broke up their family. <laughs> and yeah, Harry the would never be images. minister of magic because he'd be a home wrecker and the
1: kids <laughs> spitting image of their mother.
2: They would be living on the street in a cardboard box and they would die from the freezing cold winter. And then one, well, Ginny would die. And then. One day, Harry would be just, like, hallucinating on a bench, and he would see the three girls coming at him with murder in their eyes. <laughs> and he would think they're Ginny because they look just like her.
4: Oh, God. Yes, <laughs> he won't defend himself because he thinks they're Ginny. <laughs> That's
2: right.
1: In the scene where where Ginny was going on and on about how, you know, these children are like yours, she eventually says that she wants to have more kids. I was really thinking the plot line was going to be that, that Harry was going to adopt the three girls and change their name to Potter or something. I'm <laughs> like, oh my god, let live, live Dean have something.
5: Yeah, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> or Dean. Alright, so... That is a
1: doornail.
6: Never be again A podcast quite like this One that brought us together And started its own forum list Where the hosts are all our friends All the stories told by Jam. Will it drive Ryan round the bend? Perfect weekly, where the story never ends.
1: Mm. And welcome back to Perfect Weekly. This is Ryan.
7: I'm PS.
2: I'm Kessa. I'm Renna.
1: Mike. And we literally, like, Rena just put on her headset. She fell over a couple times. I'm not really sure what's up with that. And we are beginning our podcast on Harry Potter in the Power of Truth, part two. We are covering chapters 15 to 26. I, just as an aside, only have my notes up to chapter 20. Why? 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 Because we were doing cartwheels on the forum and I stopped typing so um just so we can jump into this show of hands who was here last week mike was here
3: i had just had major oral surgery
1: (laughs) well we're 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 very sorry to hear that
3: if you may remember a few weeks ago on the podcast i had a terrible cold and it came back and i think it's because
5: of the surgery
1: do you want a hug come here hug hug. there Uh, you go keza were you here last week
5: i was it, a, it, oh, we're typing back and forth to each other, furiously, trying really hard not to laugh. All right. All right. Now, last <laughs> week, I made a
1: prediction that Maura Kennedy was, in fact, Hermione Granger. And the first thing I said after I made the prediction was, no, I'm just kidding. It can't be true. I don't believe it. At which point, Mike said... Oh, my God. I think you're right. Is, well, what? now that Mike said Tell that, us. I know I'm wrong. I thought that somehow Maura is Hermione and she's been memory charmed. Or, like, some soul connection between her and Hermione. <laughs> no, this I don't think there's prediction. a soul connection.
2: This is your prediction. This is your no, prediction. it's not. Mike, do you think that's what's going to happen? The fact that Mike
1: right. is telling me I'm right, though, even makes me more sure I'm not. We're no, offense, right. Mike. <laughs> 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 I don't know if she's <laughs> looking at my her memory. It's like, it's just some
4: connection, like, like they're, they're, like, soulmates, like, her soul. Oh,
1: God, like, pretend I, I never said sisters. anything. All right, I moving was- on. With-
2: you know how Hermione's always got a sister in, like, every second fix?
1: right <laughs> <laughs> more is danger granger yeah, in yeah, wig exactly. with the-
5: D- yeah, dang it ryan you figured it out
1: <laughs> and as it turns out within moments of beginning chapter 15 maura is clearly <laughs> hermione granger now i'm at work and i'm listening to it i'm in my little cube I got my headphones on, and I have new headphones, by the way, so I look like I'm calling NASA. I've got these huge honking headphones. Like The building is burning around me. I'm just sitting at my desk. And I jump up and I scream, I got it! And my voice even cracked like that, too. <laughs> And my coworkers came running because they thought something was wrong. Thought and that you were like on fire or something. Well, and I had the big honking hearf- earphones on, so I couldn't hear them trying to check on me. It was, <laughs> it was really bad. So Keza, um, she's typing to me on the form. I'm like, oh, I got it. Oh, you know, Pansy, the... Garden gnome is dead. I am back. I am two for two. I'm all excited with myself, and and my friend next to me is like, "Well, what's going on? What's going on?" I'm like, I'm reading a story for, and I didn't want to get into the whole Harry Potter fan fiction podcast thing. I'm like, I'm reading a story for a book club, and I guessed who done it, which I figured would cover me. And they're like, "Oh, what book can I read it?" I'm like. No, no, I don't think it's your thing. I, I, I back say down it's desk a game. book club too. It's a book club. I'm and glad I'm not
3: the only one. I'm
1: all proud yes. of myself. No, I said it's something I found on the internet, and I think they thought it was porn. So then, as I go forward, <laughs> so then I'm listening to, I'm reading the chapter, and I'm, and I'm so excited that I guessed, you know, the big reveal that Hermione is Mora. And then I talked to Keza, and she's like, okay. Rita and I thought you were a fool last week. We we couldn't stop laughing at you, and here are the 7,212 clues that you missed. <laughs> so apparently, I am the only one who didn't catch the fact. Saying, oh, you're
5: not. You're not. You're really not. Because the thread on the forum that was talking about it, you know, somebody was all like, Oh, this is so great. I ship more Iran now. <laughs>
1: well even like like i'm even like talking last week and i'm like my favorite character and this is hermione granger and they were just dead air and i'm like tapping my like hello,
6: hello? My See, area? okay
5: now 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 that we know what's going on mm-hmm. how do you guys feel about Mora's character now
3: at first i thought it didn't seem like i like now knowing that
2: she had a plan
5: the only one who knew for a fact that it was hermione was harry and it's because he's the one that changed her But why did he do that?
2: Colin is the only one who knew where she was and who she was, but Harry went looking for her and found her because he recognised his own magic because he's
5: the one who changed her because apparently it's because this prophecy was made that they went looking for her they didn't intend to bring her back into the wizarding world
1: harry put her there because she ended up killing dumbledore under the imperious curse and harry knew that she wouldn't be able to live with that so he essentially did what hermione did to her parents in deathly hallows and she he created a false identity for her and had colin hide her in the muggle world i have issues with in and of itself is a plot point. Just to recap, everyone else thinks Hermione is presumably dead. I'm presuming they thought she killed herself. I, I'm not sure yeah, everyone else thought she was. Like that. So Harry fakes Hermione's death and sends her off into the Muggle world where she takes up the identity of Mora Kennedy and believes she is a muggle. Now my question is, and I'm not sure if this is something that came out or if this is something that was left vague, Dumbledore gives the prophecy that the Muggle world and the Wizarding world must come together and she will stay at his side, yada, yada, yada. How did they know that the she was Maura Kennedy to go looking you know, for her The start? I,
5: I really, I don't think they ever do a really good job of explaining exactly how they knew what was going on. I mean, I guess the way I always kind of read it is given that it was about defeating another Dark Lord, Harry just assumed that it was about him. <laughs> <laughs> that, or that since it was about a, defeating another dark lord everyone just assumed it was about Harry.
1: but no. how did Mora come into it how did they because in the beginning they go to Mora's apartment building and they pick her up how did they know it was her was there They any- don't
5: know that they haven't investigated other people to try and find out and <laughs> and i think it has to do with the you know what they talked about living and or what was it living and dying four times no yep. that's not right hang on let me find the exact
1: wording of it maybe they got to the k's and they were <laughs> much, they're were. they just going the through question, the alphabet
3: how much last week did you talk about liking or not liking the changed wizarding world
1: what i mentioned last week was that i thought that the the original premise of the story was that harry potter is real and maura kennedy is each of us she's the muggle who loves the books and now she gets to go live in that world and see how it's different which isn't true which, at all.
4: Which now isn't true at all.
1: <laughs> which, which was described yeah, by something. Chapter 16. I,
3: like, I was glad that it was Hermione, because I, I thought that gave the story, like, a nice, good, like, rounded realness. Like, it made it a good story. But I also wish that the premise had been true. Like, that the Harry Potter world was, like, really... Real. It was too
1: close to. It was, a story to, like it was that. yeah. It was too close to the Wizarding World from the books. It got moved behind. It got moved forward ten years, or it got moved back ten years. There was no Hagrid, and but, you can't. But I thought
3: that, I thought the changes were weird and strange. Like I, they kind of that. bothered me.
1: Yeah, like one thing I said last week. What it was is they took things out of the Wizarding World. They took out the creatures. They took out the money. They took out Hagrid. Um, the
3: organization of Hogwarts was just bizarre. Like
1: they they took things out, but what they didn't do is they didn't put things in. Like presumably speaking, there's a world that JK Rowling, a muggle recreated in fictional form and when you look at that world, now look at real life all the time. How often do you see stories that were inspired by true events? And in these stories, you know, maybe there were three real life women who did something extraordinary, but for the purposes of a movie, the, you know, the, 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 writer and the, and the, and the, and the producers and everyone says, okay, why don't we merge it to one character? And that character can be, you know, the protagonist of the story. So what you usually would expect is you would have, you know, people in the wizarding world who existed and they got merged to tell a good story, and the example I used last week was, you know, Harry had two best guy friends who got merged into Ron, and maybe there was another character who got, you know, maybe J.K. Rowling dropped it because that character didn't add anything to the story. It seemed like this Wizarding World, there was just stuff missing that that J.K. Rowling added in, but it didn't seem, like, I would have actually been more interested if there was stuff in the real Wizarding World that wasn't in the books, which was my complaint. I I
3: think I just got the stuff that I got that was Real that wasn't in the books just didn't make sense to me. Like, wait, I forget, isn't I Hogwarts organized really bizarrely? Or am I misreading It's not,
5: really the, the years and everything are set up the same way, but what it is, there's no sorting hat. The yeah, kids but, get yeah, a was, series of aptitude and personality tests, and that's how they're assigned to their houses but that is the only thing that's really different about hogwarts
1: speaking of which are they gonna have to
4: change the house name from Granger
1: now that she's alive i thought that was a little odd. it's like you name a you name something after someone then they turn out to be alive and you're like hmm it's like the it's like the hermione granger memorial house and hermione's walking by
5: <laughs> i don't think they I, I don't think they do no what they i don't. was gonna say is it's more like you know and again this was just i guess my take on it and you know somebody puts this fantastical idea in J.K. Rowling's head it's just crazy even though it's in this in this storyline it's true it's this completely crazy fantastical world so when she's going through writing it down in her head she's not thinking okay what can make this weirder she's thinking okay what will people buy and what will they just be like oh no way yeah and i think the idea of a human and a giant especially a human male and a giant female getting it on and producing a baby is just a little (laughs) hard to swallow. (laughs) You know, I've always wondered about this, about the, the, Physics of that particular pairing, but <laughs> that's, that is a story for another time.
1: That the is point... better that way than
5: the other way around.
1: Yes, thank you. That's exactly where I was just going.
5: Not <laughs> necessarily. <laughs> I mean, I mean, stop yeah, and think it about it for a now. second. Yeah, yeah, stop, a minute, a minute, a minute. stop and think okay, about. It we're for not going to go there. We're not going to go there.
1: You were it. talking. Stop talking now. <laughs>
5: the point is, you know, to me, it it seemed like why she didn't add anything in, or I guess this was my rationalization of why nothing was added, is because this story was pretty fantastic to begin with and adding stuff in from where it already was would just be like a little a little too over that i mean i don't know maybe you No, know, what
1: i'm directly saying maybe i'm not sure if you're thinking in the reverse what i'm saying is jk rowling didn't cut anything from the quote-unquote real wizarding world she only added stuff to it she made the, inter- the wizarding world more interesting
3: yeah because I think what Ryan's yeah. saying here is like real. the real world is always more cumbersome than fiction. You can't right. adapt the real world exactly to fiction. You have to cut things. Yeah. J.K. Rowling in this story added things.
5: Well, but at the same time, you know, it's they it even they even kind of reference it in here. You know, nothing much happened Harry's third year, but Prisoner of Azkaban was one of the. You know, there was lots of action in that because nobody wants to read the book Harry Potter and the Average Boring
1: Year at Wizard School. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, I agree with that. I think the culmination of it was that was originally the story. I thought it was in the B, and by around chapter sixteen, that storyline, except for a couple jokes later on in the story that were really good, that storyline pretty much gets dropped and becomes a different type of story. And um, I was talking to a couple of people um, about the chapters tonight, and I was asking what do I think about the entire thing? And my impression of um, Power of Truth, you know, all 26 chapters, is that it's You know, a story that Creative Quill sat down to write. She didn't have a beta, that she was doing it on the fly. She planned for the story to culminate with the revelation that Maura is Hermione. And after that, she even admits she's flying by the seat of her pants. The, The entire story itself, my impression of it is that it tries to do too many things. And I think it may have been better suited to try and do one thing extremely well. And I was joking before. I have to put the obligatory Star Trek reference in. It reminds me of Star Trek Voyager because that show was all—they didn't know what they wanted to do with it. Was it going to be, you know, a show about getting home? Was it going to be a show about exploring space? Was it going to be a show about, you know, humans in an awful environment? Is it going to be a show about people enjoying themselves in a great environment? And you know, all these different Star Trek shows are trying to do their own thing. And one season Voyager was going to be just like the original show. Then the next season we're going to be just like the second show. And my response is, why don't you do something new? And then someone one day can be like you In my immediate response is when the story began i thought this was to be a story about about a muggle entering the wizarding world the big you know story point is that the wizarding world is real and by around chapter you know 10 12 you know 13 when you look at it Mora herself really wasn't interesting me because she almost seemed like Danger Granger. She almost seemed like you know the person who enters the uh, enters the Wizarding World and discovers she's been a witch all this time, and I, I really wasn't interested in her character. And then you discover that she's actually Hermione. So now it's a story about Hermione, Granger, or one of the trio, I should say, coming back into the fold after being gone for 20 years, which we've read about in Paradigm of Uncertainty. We've read about it in Curse by Myth and Legend. And it, it became that type of story. So the fact that the Wizarding World is real got shelved as the major focus of the story and then from there it became a story about you know integration between the muggle and the wizarding worlds and it became a story about harry and Ginny's you know very fast acting romance and even then hermione got shelved to the back and i just felt like the story didn't know what it wanted to do and there were points in here where there's really really great character stuff that really stood out and she wrote them those scenes extremely well but i felt like for most of the story it just it, we were bouncing around from one different type of adventure to another so it didn't really flow well is, is my impression of installment
5: i think it would be a better story if it was say 15 chapters longer because she was trying to tell too much in a short amount of time Yeah. And and because of that a lot of things did kind of they never got developed to their full potential. I think that had we had like maybe an extra ten or fifteen chapters of not necessarily filler, but of backstory of, of information of of you know, we're not going from Ginny's my sister to I love you, Ginny, to let's get married to we're gonna have a baby in like (laughs) in (laughs) chapter.
1: You know? I mean that is the baby's coming, oh my god, she's crowning.
4: Two things with Ginny's baby that I didn't quite get. First Uh I, I was saying this like first, like the previous chapter, everyone guesses she's pregnant. Like Molly guesses she's pregnant, the twins guess she's pregnant, Harry guesses she's pregnant. And then, like, the next chapter, she announces she's pregnant, everyone's totally shocked and surprised. How could she go into labor at noon and not say anything for, like, and, like, go through a, a ball and, like, a dress and high heels if she's in the middle of labor? I feel like, is because that even... Because
2: when you first start labor, it's not that intense.
4: Is it, is that, yeah, I was wondering, is what I'm what like, prefer- oh, my prefer- God, like, how
2: could you, she do-? You don't go from, like, normal you to You don't go to like- zero to labor.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and your water also... doesn't
2: always break. Yeah, at the start of labor. Medical so dramas have ruined possible.
1: society. Everyone thinks that's actually how it happens. Like, oh my god, I saw, my I broke, it the happened. baby's
4: coming! I, be, I'm like, oh my god, how is she like keeping that inside of her? She's in you know what
1: screwed generations of American children saved by the bell because Zach Morris delivers Mrs. Belling's baby in the elevator. She doesn't take her pants off. There's no amniotic fluid, <laughs> and he wraps her in a blanket and everything and his hands are. Aren't even dirty, and you know that's it. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I knew water broke, and I knew that it would come and
4: go in waves that got closer. Like you know, like you could. have... Yeah, but water first... doesn't
2: always break. But that's not the first
4: sign. No, I the first. At, and, I, and I know you can go into um, you know, like a contraction, and then like whatever ten minutes pass. Okay,
2: let go. let me let me explain it. Being as okay. I'm the only person currently here who's actually had a baby, what you have is the fact that there's a little ring of muscle that holds the baby in. Right, It's called a cervix and it, it's closed and that's what holds the baby in. And what contractions do is they open that ring of muscle to 10 centimetres and when it's at 10 centimetres, that's when the baby can come out but it doesn't just fall out. The contractions then is the whole uterus work to with the woman's body to push the baby through the hole. So what you have to do is get from zero... To 10 centimetres and that can take hours. You can go through a whole day in labour because that's what starts it. I'm not going to get any more gruesome but you can tell when that process is starting and mm-hmm. it can then take hours and you can walk around, you can go shopping, you can do a whole bunch of stuff because it. you have to wait until it gets to 10 centimetres and then it sometimes takes another hour or two for anything to happen.
4: Like there was a period of time where you were technically in labor, but it wasn't so painful that like you were went to the hospital? Spent, did any-
2: yeah, a lot of women stay at home. I spent five hours of my first labor watching TV, just huh. in my lounge room. Everyone else was asleep. I was just watching TV.
5: When you go to the hospital, they put you in a bed, you can't move around, and they take away all your food and drink. Yeah, <laughs> And you can be in labor for like two or three days. And so... Yeah. You're just kind of SOL on the whole food and beverage front. So because a once lot you're people- in the hospital,
2: they won't give you food and drink because if they need to give you anaesthetic, you can't have anything right. in your stump. The amount of women who need a general anaesthetic in labour is something like one percent. Right. But they have to apply it blanketly to everybody for um, you know safety reasons. Mm-hmm. So. The general thing currently is you don't go to hospital as soon as you're in labor. You wait Wait, well, for...
4: What if you stay at home, though, and you're eating at home, and then they need to do that when you do go to the hospital?
5: Well, too well, bad. They do anyway. You're yeah, too
4: damn bad. Well, then I guess my concern would be, shouldn't we be trying to educate women not to eat and not stay, stay at home? Because then the danger is, well, what happens if... So thing try to t-
3: Mike, try to tell a pregnant woman not to eat for three days. <laughs> okay, okay,
2: here's the, the, like I said, 1% of women need to have a general anesthetic to have a caesarean. And
3: it would be emergency, therapy. because obviously if you had it's scheduled a C-section, you would have planned
2: it. Yeah, yeah. If you were in labor for 10 hours, and your body is working the hardest it's ever worked in your life, and you are not allowed to eat or drink anything, you will dehydrate. You just, you can't do it. The hospital's short for a medico-legal reason. It's legal. You
1: no, know, when you have surgery in the morning, they tell you not to eat after midnight. But if you <laughs> have to have emergency surgery in the morning, what are they going to do? Yell at you because you had breakfast? You didn't know you were having emergency surgery?
2: Yeah, see, if it's an wait. emergency...
1: Oh, hold on. Before this becomes birthing class.
0: Oh, it's just like a bloodbath in here today. <laughs>
7: Mike, put your questions
1: <laughs> away. You've ha- Mike, you've asked your eight questions. The way it applies to this story is that... Everywhere in the story, people just pop into the room, and they can do this because they have this thing called apparition. So why is it that the the, the takes like eighty seven minutes to get there? Like, is there a particular reason she doesn't just pop in? Like, is she Somebody stuck in? traffic? Someone she a
2: significant glance along the way, and she forgot what she was doing.
1: <laughs> she exactly forgot it, but she was. I thought that was hysterical. It was like the funniest plot reason. It's like, oh, the meta witch still isn't here. Well, I did love the part where Arthur runs down to get um to get Hermione, and they're like five. Four, three, two... Hermione! Oh, Ron. Hi. I didn't know you were here. I'm
3: because Hermione can deliver a baby. Because Hermione... Because Hermi- You
1: know what? <laughs> she was a trained journalist. And damn it, if Murphy Brown can do it, so can Hermione Green. Because
3: a journalist always delivers babies in poor Middle Eastern countries.
1: <laughs> you know what? If you're or there... Like, where the
3: women are so oppressed, no one delivers their babies. But no one
1: killed me. It's not that she delivered a baby it's that you deliver the baby by c-section <laughs> <laughs> that, that was I'm like you know what I knew you were a Mary Sue from the very first chapter <laughs> that was my that was my thing alright so um, why don't we start with chapter 15 and we'll work through to uh, to chapter 26 we hope you have enjoyed this episode of how to deliver a baby by Rina and Keza <laughs> that was helpful um, I
3: useful knowledge
1: yes this is Sesame Street you know today's word is cervix so, uh, to begin with chapter 15,
4: <laughs> do you think then, now that we find out she's Hermione and we find out, like we were saying, what Harry did and why, do you think that was the correct decision for Harry to make at
1: the time? More oh, or God, least. no. It was a ridiculous decision and there's absolutely no attention paid to it. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, if in I well, were it,
3: Hermione, the first time I re- – like, as soon as I realized I was Hermione, I would punch him in the nose.
1: <laughs> and it's it's not – and you and know what they do? they elect him minister of magic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hang on. A second. All right, back up. All right, let's get into this rolling up sleeves. Let's go. Okay.
5: This is kind of, I mean, like I said, I have, I guess I just read it weird. I don't know. Or maybe I was just really willing to give her the benefit of the doubt. Um, with some of these things, but for somebody like Hermione, from what we know in Canon about Hermione and about her personality and about you know how she is Mm -hmm. you know how she treats herself how she treats the world around her i mean obviously this hermione when it comes to the you know the intelligence quotient she's pretty much on par with what we knew from canon right i think everybody would agree with that
1: she delivered the baby because she read how to do it in a book i'm with you right
5: (laughs) she's a genius (laughs) So I think the fact that she wasn't able to throw off the Imperius Curse, especially when it was something as important as to keep herself from killing someone, Hermione from canon would not take that well. I I think that the reason that they made her forget about that, the reason they sent her away is because even if they took that memory away from her so she could live with herself, so that she wouldn't go crazy from... Mm -hmm obsessing about it and wondering why she couldn't do it and feeling like she failed and that she, she did something wrong. And if they took that away so that she could live with herself, everybody else was going to know that it was, sh- that she was the one that did it to let her not have that guilt, to let her not have that, you know, to let her not go-
1: universe. Let me ask you this. It's universally known in the wizarding world that Hermione killed Dumbledore under Imperius. Does everyone know that, or does everyone assume... I don't even think it's stated. Do you think that everyone assumes that Dumbledore just died in the battle and so did Hermione, or...
5: They know. They know yeah. that
1: Hermione killed Dumbledore. Yeah, it seems pretty common knowledge, at least among, like, That's the one... Older... Com- I mean, this is, this is my thing. I think you're absolutely right in that Hermione would not take that well. I thought the plot point about Hermione sacrificing herself for harry because god forbid if harry were wounded in battle and he had to kill dumbledore he would never forgive himself because he blames himself for every time everything times 30 in the wizarding world would be um would be hesitant to follow someone who killed albus dumbledore so hermione took the hit for harry and it cost hermione tremendously i think that's a that's a really interesting plot point it's not something i've i've really seen before and i think you know even like the, the like dumbledore you know as is, is, um cq says in the in the author's notes is very easy to write because he's so obvious what he's going to say and i think I, I i loved her dumbledore from what you saw of him that even as he's about to be you know for all intents and purposes gunned down he's forgiving hermione you know yeah he's very no no he forgives um but yeah yeah he forgives hermione and um and, and and even at his grave, he says, you know, be be happy, be well, you know, live your life. Like he he's a very hopeful character. I think he's really very well. The problem I have with it is, it seems like from from this story, that this is something that should have happened 17 years ago. That Hermione would would have been so badly devastated, and Ron and and Harry would would help her through it in whatever capacity. And I, I know we talked about this a couple of days ago, and in, in, in your point at the time was that because, you know, 17 years had passed and because of Maura Kennedy, she was in a much different place to forgive herself and to face it. But it just seemed very odd. It almost seems like the Hermione reveal, it was intended to be such a gutcha moment that it wasn't well-serviced because I think there was so much more we could have gotten from it. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hermione in her recovery in and d- and dealing with what happened needed to have been such a bigger part of the story than it was. I think that we needed so much more information about what happened last time. Why did, why did Harry have to do this? What happened last time? Did she try and deal with it and was so unsuccessful she tried to kill herself? Like We needed so much more to justify why Harry would feel that he would have to do this. Why he wouldn't tell Ron. Why he wouldn't tell the Weasleys. Why he would take this on himself. And why he would literally you know send Hermione out there never to be heard from again.
4: That's a good point because he doesn't even give her a chance to try to cope with it, right? He does it right away because everyone thinks she died at that. Time. He into,
1: yeah, because he knows she couldn't deal with it, and He's I just felt like she can deal with it.
5: They knew that he was sending her away. They knew she was alive. Who they knew? just knew she was gone. So it wasn't that.
3: Did they know that he was going to wipe her memory and have her live as a muggle?
1: Yes. It, who's they? The Weasley. Okay, so every everyone, everyone pretty much knew. Herm-
5: I don't think this was Harry making this decision on his own, and like I mean, and, and like I said before, this story needed to be about fifteen chapters longer, and most of it needed to deal with this right here, because right. we don't know, we don't know how much time passed between when Hermione cast that curse and when Harry wiped her memory.
1: You know, that is what, possible- that seems like the most interesting part of the story, and especially no. if this is a journey for Hermione, it just seemed like that was so ignored and then the other thing when it came back she wasn't even going to give you that follow-up it was going to be you know the next chapter Hermione's back to her old self and I'm like then why do it because if Hermione could heal so quickly by visiting Dumbledore's grave and hanging out with the boys it felt number one like it it didn't feel like it was remotely justified to to send her off in 17 years It, it, it just it didn't seem like a real person would would behave in that way and the second thing was there's no you know whether or not you know, she's angry at Harry or the Weasleys. Like, I feel like we just came off a fic where characters blame themselves and characters hold grudges. And it just seemed like Hermione was back. Oh, look, Hermione's back. And, and that was it. I felt like there was so much more that could have been mined there that just wasn't. I, I agree with that. I think
2: that. she just took it way too well, the whole thing. Because to me, Hermione's the kind of person that would rather have had the chance to work through her problems, and not just be, like, cast aside, in a sense.
3: Especially since she's always telling Mm. Harry to deal with his problems, and she's very into this, like, psychoanalysis
2: type thing. I think she should have been been a lot more angry about it.
1: Yeah, she's such an in-control person, too, that I have a hard time... Yeah, she
3: would be like, you're messing with my natural healing process, like...
1: Yeah. Although she did do it to her parents. I just want to point that out. She
2: She she no, she didn't stop them from doing any healing. She moved them for their safety. And I don't think that she felt necessarily good about it. So different to hiding Hermione after she's done something really terrible, I I would expect Hermione to be really angry at Harry for doing that and denying her the opportunity to work through her issues.
4: I had as big a problem with this as I had a problem with what in canon Hermione did with her parents because to me the use of memory charms like this strikes me almost too much like an Imperius curse because unless there is something like what Ryan was saying, I'm like, because originally I had no justification, then Ryan goes, "Well, well you know what if she was trying to commit suicide and this and that, and then I'm like, well Maybe it seems a little bit more since then. But what you're basically doing is you're taking away her free will. Because she's not, did she choose to do this? My impression is she didn't choose this. Harry just sort of did it because Harry felt it was her in, in her own self-interest. And to me, that's taking away free will, which is the basis of what makes the Imperius Curse so horrible. And even though Harry's doing it from a positive motivation, and in canon Hermione does it from a positive motivation, you don't have the right, to make those sorts of decisions for someone
1: else. And the thing that struck me was, was that I, I think actually she's
3: protecting her parents from something that they couldn't understand. I mean, in, no in um, Morgan Le Fay, her father buys a gun, you know, to be safe from the wizards. Like they don't get it.
4: Yeah, she doesn't try uh, though. It's one thing. I mean, we
3: no, just... no, don't she know that she doesn't try. We don't get that answer. She could have sat there and for hours and hours explained to them they were in danger, and they could have been like, "Pshaw, you just are doing magic tricks like pulling a rabbit out of a hat," and like they well, so she had to do it.
4: But let's say they let's say you're right. Let's say they do react like that. I still think that. This is what makes the Imperius Curse bad, is because even if you disagree with them, if you think they're not taking the threat seriously enough, that doesn't give you the right to subvert their free will in choosing for themselves what they want to risk.
1: At some point, you make you, you do make this a call and you live This is far reality. You can't. No, but yeah, but you on paper she doesn't get to make the choice. But sometimes people do hey, things they're not justified in doing.
2: Yesterday, I was in the emergency room with my son because he fell over and there was a head wound and much blood and it was awful. I took him up to the medical centre first and they said, take him to the children's hospital because they have glue there and they may be able to glue it. And it will be less traumatic than stitches. And my son panicked because he didn't want to have stitches. So we took him to the emergency room, spent all morning in the emergency room, and ultimately they got in the consultant who said, This will need stitches because it's um, of the way it is, or however, um, we'll have to do stitches. The glue won't be effective in this instance. Now, my son didn't want stitches, but you know what? I'm not going to say I'll glue it anyway because he doesn't want stitches. Instead, He's five. Instead, yeah. he has stitches because that was in his best interest, and I was the person qualified to make that judgment. And to me, in Deathly Hallows, Hermione is the person qualified to make the judgment, not her parents.
1: Because her parents have such. Whether she's the adult on, or the child
2: that. is not irrelevant because it's not about a parental thing. I'm just saying the doctors and my husband and I are the authorities on this, and not because we're parents but because we have more knowledge than the five-year-old. So if you're Hermione and you have more knowledge about the danger than your parents, then you can make a moral justification for making the decision that you
5: make in their best interest. Okay, with that same argument, let's say that Hermione had a complete breakdown after she killed Dumbledore. I mean, she completely lost her mind. She couldn't live with it. So Harry had to make that decision. He had to be the one to step in and say, okay, I have to do this. I have to fix her. This is the only way I can think of to do this. This is the only way that she is going to have a, a, a life of any kind is if I wipe out her memories and I give her new ones and I let her have a life.
1: The issue is it wasn't, it wasn't addressed, and I, we're just going to add um, Kismet. Hey, Kelly. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. You're here at a great time. I'm, I'm about to start quoting Star Trek. Now, the issue uh, – you know, here, this is actually the interesting thing, thing for me. I'm watching – I'm doing a rewatch of Star Trek Voyager, so I was actually watching it the day that I read Chapter 15 and learned about the reveal. And the episode I watched was an episode called oh, – I believe it was called Latent Image. It was an episode from Voyager's fifth season. And the plot line was they have this this – Holographic doctor, he's a computer program, and he's taking um, x-rays for all intents and purposes of the crew, and he realizes that several of the crew had surgery on the back of their necks, and they've had it within la- in the last couple of years, and he doesn't remember performing it. And he does some investigating because he thinks this is odd, and he realizes that someone's tampering with his program, and they're deleting Memories. They're, so he'll have a conversation with someone, then they'll come back to follow up, and he won't remember having it. So he realizes something's going on. You know, uh, the surgeries are being performed. I don't remember it. You know, I, I was the one who did it. Someone's, you know, hacking into my program, and he does some investigating, and he realizes that it's the ship's captain who's doing it. Captain Janeway is is, is you know violating his privacy without his permission, and she is deleting his you know files from his program, and. What eventually you find to happen was that years ago, he was faced with a decision where he needed to perform emergency surgery on two people simultaneously, and each of them only had 30 seconds to live. And he picked the person that he was closest to, you know, emotionally, his friend, saved his friend's life, and the other woman dies. And he couldn't justify that. He couldn't, why pick, you know, an apple instead of an orange? And it just, it caused this cannot compute you know, feedback loop in this program and he almost blew up. So their solution was just delete the memory and he'll be fine. And that's what they're going to do to him again. And eventually, not to make this a huge story, they discover, you know what, he's a person. We can't just erase a bad memory. We've got to help him work through it. And what I liked about that story was that there was an acknowledgement of the fact that this is something you have to work through. And there was an acknowledgement of the fact that, sometimes the easiest way out isn't what's best for you. And I think the way I read it was exactly as Renda just put it. I read it that she killed Dumbledore. She's screaming at Ron. Why didn't you kill me before I killed him? She's deeply suicidal. She's completely broken as a person. It, it sucked her soul out doing that and living with that grief. So maybe there was a family meeting and maybe they did decide, you know what, we're going to lose her one way or another. And that could even link into Seamus. You know, they lost Seamus years later, they were going to lose Hermione too. So instead of leaving, you know, Seamus off to, to grieve and die on his own, they were proactive and they sent Hermione into the world. The problem I have with the story is that's never addressed. And, you know, and and the ramifications of, of of giving in like that and doing the easy thing aren't addressed, and it's it's just all a little too simple. I I I love the plot. I just don't like the way it was handled. Kelly, did you have any comments?
0: What chapter are we referring to? Are we still on? Are we on fifteen? Well, we're on 15. Mean, that's, I, I didn't know where you were because yeah. you know, obviously it's you've been. I don't know how long you've all been talking. So
1: moments, mere moments.
0: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, we um, we, we
1: discussed how babies are born.
0: Oh, okay. And, and the that,
1: cervix is the ring of muscle that surrounds the little tyke. Not, not butt that, sex yeah.
0: babies or empreg <laughs> or anything weird yeah, like that. Real no real life babies. And I well,
2: stopped you know, before we got to the blood, so give me some credit.
0: Yeah! When I first read this story, I figured out that it was Hermione about four chapters before the reveal.
1: Oh, go to hell. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I was I knew in chapter six. You people are so slow.
1: Can I just point this out? The oh, one well, thing Kesa says to me last week is chapter six was chocked full of clues. And my exact response in my notes last week was chapter six sucks. Nothing happens in chapter six.
0: Well <laughs> and, and and I and I'm using four chapters as a as a, a, a general because I don't remember. I do not remember when my aha moment was. But I do remember going, oh, It's Hermione, it's gotta be I just remembered Saying that, but I don't remember where in the story it was. It was before she revealed. So uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I may have been chapter six.
1: I don't remember. <laughs> was it when she was trying on the pink and she didn't like it because apparently that was a thing as I've been told. Does Hermione um, not like
4: pink and canon?
1: Apparently not. Oh no, huh. no, no, no.
2: It's a big fandom thing about that's a, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Well, they were in when they were in Diagon Alley was another clue. She remembers seeing Ginny. In a pink dress.
1: Okay, on the reread, I did catch that. I didn't get it the first time. I probably would have. Well, I didn't pick up on it until the end of chapter 14 when they discuss the Fidelia's Charm. I'm like, oh, it's gotta be Hermione. It's gotta be Hermione. But I apparently missed the 4012 clues directly before that. Let's
0: go to the library!
1: Uh, alright, alright, alright. Here's the deal with that, okay? This is the deal with that. They go to Hogwarts. Maura wants to see the common room. Harry doesn't have the password, so she goes, hmm, how about the library? To which it didn't really jump out at me. I'm like, oh, the library. Hermione used to go there <laughs> all the time. Let's see what's there. Oh, like, if they went in and she beelined for the library, Flourish. that would be another story.
2: This is right after she just bought Hogwarts, a history at Flourish and Blots.
1: I did miss that line. Thank you. I hadn't read know, that. What-
2: here, here is something that I would like to complain about. Harry right. and Hermione go to Hogwarts. Oh, I can't let you in the common room. I don't have the password. Oh, I am going to propose to Ginny. He says ten chapters later. Let's see. I'm going to do it in the Gryffindor common room. <laughs> How did he get in? He didn't no, you know the password. he her. did.
1: He, he picked up his cell he phone. Get there. He picked <laughs> up his cell phone, and it's ringing. It's ringing. It's ringing. Men... Harry, how are you? Min, <laughs> because it's the only thing I've ever read where they call her M- Min, Min and they call yeah. him Sev. Sev. Min and Sev. And calls, it's a great line and he too. call Severus Sev, yeah. Yeah, Actually, the, the, my favorite line was Min just, Sev is missing.
2: Just, <laughs> when he proposes to Ginny, he apparates her in there, does he not?
1: Well, technically. Why didn't he
5: just apparate Mora in there? Because <laughs> I think he when he poss- proposes, well, when he proposes to Ginny, he's a faculty member at the school. Oh.
1: Everyone's That's, a faculty member at the school at that point. Like Stan I thought Shun he was, the was did, he he on the was Hulk Hulk board of Hogwarts.
5: He was on the board at first, but he wasn't like teaching, so he didn't have any reason to actually be on campus, for lack of a better term.
1: You can operate into the common room, because that may have been a J.K. Rowling thing. We're talking, I, think, I feel a lot, about things that we don't think CQ did well, and things that were clunky. That, One thing I, did,
3: oh, I was just going to say a terrible thing. Is that her way? And covering her ass in case she makes a canon mistake, she can be like, That's something JK Rowling added.
1: Isn't that what That's you would do? That's
3: why I, I called it a cop out
1: I think <laughs> it's fantastic. That's a great way to write it. It's like that Star Trek <laughs> episode. Every time, you know, th- there, there's like a camera error and the hand is up in the air and it was the left one, now it's the right one, they've shifted into another quantum reality where warps other hands. <laughs> it's, it's the excuse that keeps on giving. But the thing that I thought was um, really great was. Every time Ron and Hermione apparate somewhere, he has to hold on to her so she won't splinch herself. And <laughs> near the end of the story, you find out Ron really loves you. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. How do you know there's no such thing as splinching?
4: I actually not yeah. know that. I wonder that. Like
5: that. That was so funny. That is hilarious. That was, hilarious. The,
4: that was I funny. That was but I just wonder. I wrote in my notes, how does Hermione not know that splinching is a myth?
5: Because,
1: because her because memory isn't a, all the way back yet.
5: Because she has yeah. Geez. She has right. gaps in her memory.
1: Right. She has a head wound. She forgot all that stuff.
5: And, and stuff is coming back to her, but it's coming back slowly. I mean, um, like one of the things that I really liked, I mean, there, there were a couple of things in these chapters that just reached out and grabbed me. And I want to have a very in-depth discussion about chapter 19 here in a minute. Yes. But when she's going through the jewelry box and she finds the picture of her parents. Yeah. And she doesn't remember grieving for them.
1: That's where it's done well because there's so many different layers to this weird plot where you, where you know you had a different life and you had different parents and it was all set up. One of the things is I don't remember grieving for them. I remember grieving for people who didn't exist, and that's that's such a great point. And were the people who didn't exist, you know, as Maura Kennedy's parents, were they in her mind representations of I forget the name Laura and whatever? David. His name was David Green. They have different names in all of them. I can't keep it. <laughs> <laughs> and even J.K. Rowling forgot Hermione's middle name at one point or another. But it's I mean that I thought that was so such a it's such a great moment because she has the um, the necklace that Ron gave her. And then she has the picture and she looks so much like her mom. I thought that was just that's that was a moment done really well. I
5: mean, I think one of the things that I think really is one of Creative Quill's strong points is her characterization. When she's focused in on one moment or one thing. It's almost like she wrote a series of one shots about this universe and she wanted to tie it all together. And when she tried to tie it all together, that's when things fell through the cracks. It was in the connection. But like those moments before we had the big reveal when the couple of times that they would talk about Hermione and without actually saying, you know, we miss Hermione a whole bunch. We were really sad that she's not here anymore. Without actually saying those words, you were able to feel the emotion behind it. Yes. And it's it's like that in this scene right here. It's like she was focused in on that moment, on the two of them and discussing grieving for people who didn't exist and not being able to remember that and losing that and feeling guilty because she doesn't remember her parents that well.
1: Yeah. that and, was an absolutely okay. beautiful moment. Yeah. And Ron has the line too, where he's trying to say they've been gone for her, Hermione's parents. They've been gone, you know, 17, 18 years. And she's like, not for me, you know, for me, I'm just getting these memories back. That could have been yesterday. Cause I've been this woman anymore. Where does Maura Kennedy begin and where the why ends. And he basically tells her Maura Kennedy is a part of you. Everything that's happened is a part of you. And I feel like, just not to take issue with something you just said, but maybe to put my own spin on it, I don't feel like she she's She does characterization well, and she does plot poorly. I feel like there's some characters that she just handles very well and not. like for example, Harry and Ginny in this story don't do anything for me. I just don't feel like they have a compelling story or many compelling moments, but I feel like Ron and Hermione do in these quiet little moments. I think she does a lot with with Ron and Hermione, and the only line i'll I'll dispute is there's a moment too where um where Ron basically says you know more is a part of Hermione. And, you know, you'll get through this in your own way or, or whatever his specific line is. And Hermione's response is, that was a wonderful point. Thank you, Ron, for saying that to me. I'm like, what? <laughs> it, it, it actually broke It broke me out of the scene because it, it almost read like, like, thank you for your time and attention to this matter. I'm like, okay. That didn't float well. well. But th- I mean, that was that was the point of the scene, and I love the moment too, where she discovers the old necklace that she wore um, under her um, uniform her entire seventh year. Because I have so many things for mine that remind me um, that reminds me of you. I want you to have something that reminds you of me, and it's a necklace. Um, what is it? the stones the size of a grape, and it's red and blue? And I'm assuming it's because of his eyes and because of his because of his hair. I just I, I thought that was just a really nice little scene.
5: Well, if anybody has anything else to talk about before we talk about. Chapter
1: 19. I'm um, looking through my notes really fast here. You know what? Let me let, – let's catch everybody up because we've been bouncing around. We we, we got to – we explained to Mike how babies are born and, and we've been bouncing around tonight. We've got like 17 people in here. Chapter 15. Jenny and the kids buy dresses because they're in love and don't care who knows it. I'm, I'm not sure where I was really going with that, but apparently <laughs> – everyone's very excited about the dresses mary picked and out the first dress she saw and picked up a quidditch book i thought that was cute that she has a little tomboy in there
3: harry was the only white father they ever knew
1: i that, uh, p.s had a great point earlier i forget if it made the podcast or not but you have to feel so bad for dean in this story it's like he, he he's the father of these three lovely kids and he loves Jenny And and she's like you know what i never really loved him in the minute <laughs> Like I don't know. Like I've never been adopted. Yeah, that
3: really, really bothered me. That's why I did not like the Harry and Ginny plot because I felt like it had so many problems with it. Like I felt felt like like
1: the kids would have been more loyal to their. Well, not loyal, but like here's the thing. Like my father died. If my mother ever remarries, whoever, like, I'm, I'm almost thirty. But if I were younger and my mother were to have remarried, whoever she marries would be my stepfather, but he would never be my dad. You know what I mean? Like, your dad is your dad is your dad. And maybe I'm completely off base on this, and and maybe it's just a personal issue, but it just seemed like they were too fast to want harry to replace dean and i don't think you ever replace your dad my my poor mother I, i'm like i said i'm almost 30 if my when and if my mother starts dating again i will go up to all of her dates and be like are you my new daddy just to see what will happen <laughs> i love that moment where Mora decides that she's home in the wizarding world and jenny tests her on that to ask her what she'll do when she leaves and jenny kind of tests her now at this point i'm thinking it's hermione i don't know I love the fact that that Maura picks out a dress for Hermione. I think it was Maura who picked out the dress – Mora picks out the dress for Hermione. All right, that makes absolutely no sense. No, Mora picks it. out the dress for... <laughs> I think Mora picked out the dress for Jamie. Wow. Can you picture can she's, like, talking to herself Maura. in the room? Maura <laughs> <on the laughs> picked out the
7: dress for Hermione. When
1: Hermione she's like, in the room, so and you hear Mora talking to Hermione, and, it's her and it's, her a, it sounds like she's throwing her voice, and they look in there, and she's looking back and forth, like she's playing both parts with the. I love her to like, <laughs> like, Maura thinks this is a really horrible
4: idea, but I have no problem with it at all. So yeah.
0: what would she do with it? A- yeah, you're saying this with the double mirror, what would she do with one of the triple mirrors? Gee, hmm, <laughs>
1: split personality, anybody? You call and like somebody answers the phone. Maura speaking, Hermione Granger please, please hold. You have like a little like you know, elevator music. Hermione speaking, can I help you? <laughs> I don't know if it gets me. Oh, um more. but she apparently picks out great dresses because she picks out a wedding dress that looks so good on Ginny. I thought it was a sci fi plot point where like in this dress <laughs> you can see Hermione Granger through the, I don't know. It was it was you a great little moment there.
3: Hermione through the dress
1: yeah i i don't know that that somehow wearing the dress it was channeling the (laughs) space-time continuum or i don't know you could see into the other quantum reality where hermione granger never i don't know i did like the little plot point where Ginny uh didn't care what dress she wore during her first wedding and she does care now because harry's her soulmate that
3: was harry is more special than dean because well Well, you know what the
4: moral lesson you should take from this is no one should marry someone if you don't actually love them or care for them. That's true. Well she done. Did care Mike.
0: for him? She did care for Dean, but and she he, figured she would never have
4: Harry. She was you never settle in marriage. Put it that has that a good better one? Can
1: you picture when they're giving their vows? Dean delivers this heartfelt, you know, vow. You know, like her, like Jenny. I I almost said Hermione there, Ginny. I I will honor you and love. Um, and actually, if anyone has any good vows right now, email them to me at RyanEmpireWeekly.com because I have six months to write them. And, you know, just you know, not a dry eye in the house. And then Ginny looks back and says, "Dean, I vow to be with you forever because Harry's dead." and i have no and other option. <laughs> well, here's a question. What would have happened if
4: Dean had survived and then at this point in the in the in the story Harry she realizes was, it. Well, he, he doesn't, doesn't poach. Harry
2: doesn't poach.
0: Oh, shh, thank you. Doesn't yeah, really Harry doesn't
2: really.
4: poach. But so, what...
2: Nothing would have happened. And Harry would have died a virgin.
1: That's right. <laughs> well, I, I no, you. he
2: wasn't. You
0: you haven't read the <laughs> Oh, that's the...
2: right. He he he,
0: he <laughs> himself. He. Okay, sorry, so. that was inappropriate. He would have died a monk. That's it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> no, I thought he was a virgin in the last of the chapters. There was no. says he had I... sex twice to uh,
4: when no, she's Marga, it. he had sex twice. Yeah, yeah he, I know that. There's been
0: two women. There was a one shot that was actually a prequel to this story, where it, no, it I... you see the uh, the relationship between Harry and Ginny at Hogwarts. No, I, I haven't read it. I, what, I forgot tell about, about that. that. Yeah, and it actually is in you. You. Yeah,
2: they, uh, they do it. Yeah, they do it. Yeah, they do.
1: In big cupboards. In the, in the oh, broom cupboard on the that, third floor. The that's we why, didn't know that. In, 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 Minerva McGonagall, in Minerva McGonagall's old stopping ground.
5: Why, why is it I'm that sorry. everybody at Hogwarts seems to feel the need to get it on in broom cupboards? <laughs> There's nowhere else. I don't else. know what kind of crazy-ass big broom cupboards that these fan fiction authors <laughs> think that they have over there. The Rina, last say time it. I checked... Rinna,
1: say the line. Renna, say the line. Which one? Say the line. Oh. Say my favorite line when you t- say it. Come on. Say it.
5: Okay. Well, I mean, I swear to god, it's like they're living in Bob's country porn dorm. <laughs> I <Is that> better.
6: <laughs> that was wonderful. Thank you. But yeah, it's no, but
5: just... my point is, I don't know what kind of crazy ass big broom cupboards that these fan fiction writers think that they have over there. But I mean, last time I checked, a cupboard is like tiny. And it's not exactly a place that you want to go and get busy because, you know, there's going to be, like, magical cleaning supplies. And what's going to happen if you, like, knock over a bucket of magical ammonia? You know? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well no, and the other thing is they're trying to figure out where they're going to ha- where they're going to house like 400 additional students. I'm like, "Well, there seem to be abandoned classrooms everywhere because that's where everyone has sex. Can't you use those?" You yeah, see, <laughs> it seems like
3: we know the classes at Hogwarts. There's like five classes at Hogwarts. Why are there all these abandoned classrooms? Like, did they at one point teach like Chinese literature and they cut that from the
1: curriculum? <laughs> Budget cuts. You have a feeling
0: Budget that cuts. earlier in time. I mean, I have a, I have a feeling that the classes and the and the years, the number of people per year in the past has been a lot greater than it is now.
5: They had an entire abandoned wing in the book. Yes, they yeah. really, I think That's true, yeah. that Yeah. Like,
3: this is not the heyday of the wizarding society. No, I think the population has gone down because a lot of them are refusing to marry into muggles. So I think the bloodlines are dying. The people are having less kids. Because if you look, most of the families we know besides the Weasleys have one kid. So like, I think the wizarding world is dying out by the time we see it.
0: But also, at the same token, when Hogwarts was founded 800 years ago, you didn't have the Americas and you didn't have, you know... Indonesia, you've got you've got wizarding schools all over the globe now. You don't have them just in Europe, so you're spreading that out too. I, think
3: America, do you, I don't think Indonesian students came to Hogwarts before there was a. a no,
0: that's what um, I mean though. There's there's the population of the planet is more well, there than was
2: it was. Always people in do Indonesia. Do you know what I think? I think though, for example, Australian wizards may possibly have gone to Hogwarts back oh, yeah. in the colonial days because think, that's what Muggles did. And now Australia would have its own wizarding school – and like with the gum trees, because that's what I said on PMCast once, that's where I'd put it. If I was going to put a school in the wizarding world in Australia, I would not put it in Tasmania. Why wouldn't you put a school in Tasmania? I would not put it in Tassie because well, I don't know, you know, probably the main reason is because I haven't been there. Aside from that, (laughs) if I was going to put a magical school somewhere, I would want it to be somewhere that nobody went that nobody can find. And if I had magic at my disposal, I would just put it in the middle of the desert because no one goes there. But it probably wouldn't be quite as practical. But no, I'd probably put it in country New South Wales. In Among All the Gum Trees. I like gum trees. I've got a thing for them.
0: Yeah, there was a fic that was written by Fern Withy. Yes, uh, I was about
2: to talk about that t- one. Oh, te- yeah.
0: Teddy, Teddy Lupin. Teddy's,
3: Teddy's Ted- year Teddy has goes- like 10 kids in it and the next t- and he- the year, two years
2: later has like 50.
0: Well, look at, yeah. look at Teddy. Teddy was the Only Gryffindor.
2: Because there were so few kids, and that's how I imagine it would be.
1: I was just going to say, that seems like the perfect weekly forum. Like, Julia was the only Gryffindor for like a year and a half.
2: I just wanted to say, this is very random and completely out of Chapter 21. It doesn't really fit anywhere else. But I found the line really amusing. When Harry says to someone, you don't think I defeated Voldemort with pure luck, did you? It just <laughs> made me laugh. <laughs> because
1: I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> but in the real world, he used electronic equipment. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know, but I'll tell you what. If I saw something that said sign up for this, I would be one of the 400 people that signed up. Put, me, put my name down on the list.
1: Well, you know what would be great if, like, and I realized, like, she would never have done this, but if, like, the first two people in line were, like, Robert and Aaron from Spellcast or something, or <laughs> Melissa and Ellie, you know what I mean? It's like, who would sign up first? Come on. Come on. You know who <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> yes, exactly. Aaron. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say is, because we were talking about all the abandoned classrooms in terms of uh, student fraternization, um, the one reason I think we're overlooking for all the abandoned classrooms, water. Damage. Hogwarts has ancient plumbing. I'm sure there's a few, you know, <laughs> flooded out classrooms hanging around, and they're just getting busy everything around owning Myrtle's bathroom is just like yeah, that's uh, a zone three flood zone, zone over there. You I
3: mean, can't the can, that's so stupid. Like, because they can't get rid of one ghost of a 12 year old girl, <laughs> they shut down half of
1: school. Poor <laughs> Myrtle. Help me figure out what I'm talking about here. Uh, Mora kicks ass and has breasts. <laughs> okay, she 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 takes out the Death Eaters, yep. and and her Patronus wasn't an author, though. It was something author-like. It was an owl. It was, I'm know. staring
0: at it right it now.
1: Ryan, oh. what,
3: I think it Ryan and I have to go to the zoo so he can see. It
1: starts with an O, I don't know.
0: I'm like, <laughs> hmm. Um, <laughs> right, it does start with an O. It was an owl.
1: Uh, moving into Chapter 16, Harry was turned on by Mora, but wouldn't have been with her if he knew that Ginny loved him. Hermione feels slighted anyway. Who can blame her, jackass?
5: No, okay, um, so here's 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 what it was, and yes. and this was something that I kind of liked the way that they did this because it goes back to what we we're talking about last week. People saying, okay, you know, um, is it going to be Mara and Harry? Is it going to be Maura and Ron? What's going on here? And there's this weird dynamic between Maura and Harry. And neither one of them seem to know exactly what it is.
4: But
1: doesn't Harry know she's Hermione?
2: Yeah, yes. Like, Harry <laughs> should know what it is. He's dumb.
5: He does. But.
1: <laughs> she has breasts and it's been a while.
5: No, he doesn't. <laughs> Maura isn't. Doesn't, Ryan, is it, Ryan, I, Ryan. I, I, That's the no, thing. No, earlier on, earlier on. It's the hair. It's the build. She's not. She doesn't look like Hermione. And so it's That's more that I mean, yes. it's more that Mora doesn't really understand what that connection is. But it's not about sex between them.
1: It, no, I understand that. What I mean by that is that Mora doesn't. Harry knows that Mora is Hermione, but Mora is so different on the outside from Hermione that Harry can almost almost see her as a completely different person.
0: He so, can't he see n- her as a different he, person because he can't. she's had 18 years to be a different yeah. person.
1: Yeah. And this reminds me it's different from the one undoubtedly when she comes back that Harry used to know. So what I mean is that, I mean, in terms of, you know, a potential relationship or what, or what have you, you have a, you have a Harry, you know, throughout the beginning of the story that has convinced himself, probably not very well, but it's convinced himself that Ginny is his, you know, it is his sister, you know, quote-unquote, that it's never going to happen, you don't poach, she'd never want me anyway, and now you have someone who he has this bond with who is attracted to him who does not look like Hermione Granger. So, it, it, it's confusing all around, and I think it's good that it's confusing, and I did really like that point where he's like, look, you know what, even if I had known Ginny was around... You know, I, I I wouldn't have gone there. And she's like, "All right, I don't need to be. I don't need to hear that today. I'm having a bit of a day." But I'm curious what you guys think. The moment where uh, she says that Harry once offered to be her big brother. My only thing there was your big brother just brain—well, not brainwashed, but your, your big brother just wiped your memory and sent you off to live as a Muggle for seventeen years. I mean, it, it limited the impact of that moment which should have been this really great moment because all I could think of is you're not discussing what happened. You're not discussing what happened.
5: Okay, let's not go down this road again because otherwise we'll never get off of it.
1: Well, let me jump through chapter 18 real fast. Uh, uh Chapter, okay, hold on. Going through here, chapter 16, Harry's a big brother. That makes me laugh. Hermione is forgiven by Dumbledore. She sacrificed herself for Harry. Be happy, Hermione Granger. Ryan weeps. Hermione gets her cottage back. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, chapter Seventeen: Harry and Ginny's wedding.
5: Oh, actually, Not there was much. something I wanted to say. What what makes this part with you know you talked about how it was kind of unique that it was Hermione that jumped in and took the curse. It's yes. because it's usually Ron that sacrifices himself in fanfic or Sirius, or yeah. remits. We've I I have yet to read one where it's Hermione that sacrifices herself, and I thought that was good because. Hermione is just as brave and just as strong and just as willing to make that sacrifice as any of the other characters. It's just you very rarely see her do that.
1: Yeah. I'd say it. She's always the girl and she's always held back by Ron, who's the chauvinist, I, who's like, I will take the bullet for Which he tries and to do here, too. He tries to do it all the time. Yeah. Can you picture, like, Hermione's in the mall parking lot and a shopping cart is, like, blowing towards her in the wind and Ron's like, no, nah! <laughs> like, takes the shopping cart. He <laughs> 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 in the middle of the road.
6: No. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah. I disagree with you, though, Ryan. I'd say that I think even when Hermione was the reporter, I think she still had courage. I think that she demonstrates she has her courage even before she ever gets, gets her memories back that like she's Hermione because that's the whole theme is that she's in these war zones and she's... Breathing, all of blah 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 blah. So it's did not I like say she was not brave It's not like she regains her courage in that chapter, like you were saying.
1: Did I say she regained her courage? Yeah, you said
4: she finds her courage, or she goes. I did. Yeah.
1: Do we have this on tape? I don't remember saying that. Did I? Actually
4: you were going that? through your summary list <laughs> just like five seconds ago. Dude. All
1: right. Uh, Harry is forgiven by Dumbledore. She sacrificed herself for Harry. Be happy, Hermione. Gr- I didn't mean to say that. If I said that, no, she regains her cottage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> she, <creates laughs> <our> God- <laughs> <laughs> she got her cottage back.
0: Um, <laughs> cottage <courage. laughs> Same thing.
1: <laughs> She's also a tribal warrior. Oh my God. A <laughs> tribal warrior? <laughs> look, I don't remember saying that, really? <laughs> well, the cottage show look, What could you picture to? They're like, we want you to have your cottage back. I want to live with you. Well, you can for, for as long as you want, but we really want you to have your cottage back. I don't know. I'm like, I don't just live.
3: Live. <laughs> your cottage. Don't
1: like, it has one box in the attic. Just like, whatever. Um, I did love the scene, though, with, with Dumbledore's grave. I thought it was, you know, very, you know heartwarming and there was bright lights in the background and it overlooks Hogwarts and I did like the exchange where they're like why the hell would he want to be buried here and they turn around and like Hogwarts is like right in front of them and there's like the light shining on it and the uh, music and oh there it is um so that was great uh chapter 17 my notes consist of the wedding nothing happened here that I care to talk about
5: (laughs) I, I do not like their relationship in this story, and I'm sure when I... Oh,
1: darling, I love you, I love you, I love you. And the last line is, Harry and Ginny want to have lots and se- lots of sex and babies. They want to have as many she's as had, possible.
0: She's had three kids in her early 20s, because they're all three at Hogwarts. So, you know, I, I don't know.
1: How long do wizards have babies? Can I just tell you there was a 20-year difference between my mother and her sister? Can we say?
6: No. Yeah.
3: There's so a six, there was a sixteen
2: year now. difference between me and my oldest sister.
1: And Rosella, right? Is it Rosella the difference? No,
2: there's a fifteen year difference between me and her. We have a we know. had a sister that was older.
1: Yeah, my mother and her sister was nine she was twenty two is that right? She was twenty one or twenty two, my grandmother when she had my aunt, and then she was forty two or forty three when she had my mother. My mother was definitely old. Oh, my
2: um, mom had my me mom. at 39, and she was 37 when she had my brother.
1: Yep. My you know what I'm saying in this case?
2: I just have a baby. My, mom.
3: my mom was 39 when she had me.
1: Yeah. No, my in this baby. case, I'm saying my, it was a, my mother wasn't admit, was admitted. Like, we, we have docs. It, she signed forms. Oops. But that's um, all. Like-
0: my, my grandparents, my father is one of six, he has five sisters. And when my grandmother was pregnant with my youngest aunt, who is 45, my oldest aunt was pregnant with my oldest cousin. In fact, like, my cousin is older than my aunt is. does
3: that happen in, um, <laughs> what's the movie with uh, Leslie Nielsen?
4: Father the Bride? Yeah.
3: Does that uh, happen in... No, it's not Leslie Nielsen.
4: Oh, it's Steve Martin. Martin. It's Father the I Bride. I actually said mixed
3: up because they look the same, I think.
2: They're <laughs> pregnant. Yeah
5: i am <laughs> <laughs> get out of town and guess what what annie's pregnant too mother and daughter are pregnant <laughs> together that is fabulous i love that that's chic i think i have got a pay
2: i'm only two years older than my niece both my nieces had kids before i did yeah
1: yeah my mother was uh, an aunt when she was two years old yeah, yeah. me too
2: so there you go oh, i'll
1: hook you guys up
2: and my nephew and his wife is like having a baby like any day now Hear about it on the forum because Rosella will like be screaming from the rooftops that she has another grandchild.
1: I was checking out the photo of the koala bear in Rosella's backyard, and I was like weeping openly in my kitchen. <laughs> so oh. sad. Tears of joy?
4: Oh, or... oh, no, it was a, it was I a
1: koala didn't... bear who died of dehydration.
3: <laughs> it was... Oh god! <laughs> what did Mike say? Was it tears of joy?
1: <laughs> I need to see the picture. You're terrible. Hermione has regained her cottage. It was How foreclosed on have died. the economic Yay.
2: crisis. <laughs> so what, we, right. we, what What happened when you were weeping over the photo?
1: I was weeping over the photo of the koala oh. there. I don't remember. Oh, what I was saying was, okay, so back to the story. Uh, Hermione's cottage is foreclosed upon in the economic crisis gripping the nation, <laughs> but she gets her cottage back. And um, she has a run over and she's making him some coffee and she's staring at his body and he wants his coffee and she, to distract herself while she's staring at his body, she keeps putting sugar in the coffee and he drinks it and like (laughs) almost dies because it's like one part sugar (laughs) and eight, and her exactly, and she's so snotty, she's like, well make your own damn coffee. (laughs) I'm like, I thought that was great. I thought that was great. Um, we've we've discussed this. The one thing which Mike brought up, which I did think was funny, too, is I thought it was one of the best moments last week when they name a house after Hermione. And then, unfortunately, they find her alive and well. So now she, you have the Hermione Granger Memorial House, and she unfortunately is on the staff or whatever. So that was a little um, awkward. Uh, the whole thing with the recruitment and like the numbers and the pie charts and everything, it didn't really do... <laughs> anything like i like a throwaway line recruitment's going well we're training the mongols with the works I, I i wasn't really in on that i uh yada, 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 yada. I found that very
2: confusing actually that I thought there was a whole lot of detail put into that, and I just found myself falling asleep through it unfortunately. And that's that's where I think it's lacking. There was a whole lot of detail put into all of that, and yet we missed out on all the detail that we were discussing earlier
1: yeah. that we want Yeah, in the Psychic Serpent trilogy, you're going to see um, they, they have the dueling club. So they, they, they do the whole, Barb does the whole thing in the Psychic Serpent trilogy where she breaks down, you know, the, you know who's, who's fighting who and who's dueling who and who's in round one, who's in round two, and who's in round three. Yep. And that's fine. I'm glad you did that research. I don't need to read it, do I? <laughs> like, I don't need to read yeah. like, it. It's like, and especially if it's on my iPod where it's reading me the thing and I can't keep it in my head. I don't know. But anyway, um, now we get to chapter 19. So Renna is sitting up right now and you have Harry uh, installed as uh, Minister of Magic. And I would think you know immediately before his election as minister there would be a scandal about how harry potter wipes memory of best friend and sends to live with mom. I don't know that
0: Yeah, no, he just he just didn't file his taxes
4: with harry becoming minister i know it i, I is it this chapter the later chapter where he uh appoints bill his um mm-hmm. backup minister i really like that yep. scene I, I like the way he's like and i talked to ron about it already and bill's like oh you offered it to him first and he's like no i told
1: I explained to him why i wanted you I thought that was kind of Could you picture Ron Weasley as your vice president? Like, that would scare the crap out of me. Like, he gets pissed off every time Harry hugs Ginny and they're married. <laughs> it could be, <laughs> good, you could do, like, a good cop, bad cop sort of thing, though. No, he's an insane cop. You who's don't the have good
3: an insane cop. I mean, who's to the bad cop? I don't even get that analogy.
2: Do you honestly think that the characterization of Ron as someone who bursts a blood vessel every time Harry looks at Ginny is very accurate and fair?
1: In this fic, no.
2: No, it's
1: yeah. Although, what did he know. do in the last of the chapters? Wasn't there something in the last set of the chapters where Ron went ballistic? Because in the beginning, he says he's not. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's when he makes the comment about um, he makes the comment about Dean in, in the happy marriage. Was the yeah?
4: Was that happy moment halfway. too where Harry starts talking about having sex with Ginny and he's like, no, 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 too much information.
1: Well, I know it's cute. I mean, I don't. Like, like, earlier tonight, I had an incident with Keza, and I'm like, Keza, too much information. She's like, oh, I was kidding. I'm like, I brain didn't know that. So, that you know, so does happened I off-the-wall-offhand comment. And
2: about you're having getting sex getting, on her roof. Not
0: my fault. <laughs>
1: yeah, about having sex on the roof, and I was visualizing it, I can't get it out of my head. Is it wrong that I was totally aroused by that? All right, so Harry is the new Minister of Magic. And then we uh, get into Seamus' plot
5: point. You have to remember that this was coming out at a time where pretty much in every fic, Harry went on to be the Minister of Magic. Mm -hmm. I mean, that wasn't just a... You know, oh, hey, this would be a convenient plot point. It was like, oh, my gosh, everybody is heading in this
1: direction. I was picturing the West Wing music in the sets, and I was picturing Molly as Dolores Landingham, and I was picturing Luna as the White House Count. It was lovely. I had this whole...
2: So it doesn't that spring from Prisoner of Azkaban, or where Trelawney makes that prediction. Was it Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah. Where she predicts he's yeah. going to have 12 kids and be Minister of Magic. So it turned up in every fic that Harry yeah. was a minister.
5: But... I think this particular chapter is, I mean, obviously I've been chomping at the bit to talk about it since we started talking about this, and it's not because Harry's the Minister of Magic, let me tell you that.
1: (laughs) Uh, It was very moving.
5: Although I do like the interaction between Arthur and Harry, because it's kind of a, you know, in, in, in any story, Harry never really had a father figure so it wasn't ever the idea of passing something down father to son you know and even though this isn't quite like that you just kind of got that feeling like this was the moment when the dad entrusts the family secret to the son you know it's just something like that i just thought that was i like that interaction
1: (laughs) instead of like you know like the family clock he gives him the family you know political seat (laughs) Look, I pass this down to you, and you shall pass it to your children. And, and, and
4: Yeah, I, I like, like, I wonder, and you see, obviously, Malfoy doesn't represent the general perception. But I was curious, like, what the general perception in the Wizarding World is about, you know, Harry and the Weasleys and the Minister. Like, I wonder if a lot of people were thinking up until this point that Harry was kind of the power behind mr weasley and that a part of mr weasley being elected was the fact that he was so close to harry people sort of assumed well, that harry was going to be calling a lot of things
1: well it's interesting because when you get into um chapter 20 with uh ledwin murray, murray he actually assumed that Ar- that harry was the puppet and arthur was continuing to pull his strings after he left office but, you know, what I mean, that was actually interesting when you say the perspective other people had. And, and you know, for an intelligent guy, he believed it, too. So yeah, You also yeah.
0: have to realize that Malfoy, you know, even 25 years later, is still – he does not consider Potter to be, you know, oh, yeah, you're just this stuffed shirt, you know, with no brains. And you just have incredible luck and blah, 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 blah. He doesn't take into consideration that Harry is actually – got the intelligence to do things. He thinks that it, he's hiding behind people's skirts, you know. It's that whole it's it's how Voldemort looked at Harry. Harry was dependent on everybody around him and he was just lucky. And that's the way Malfoy looks at him. He doesn't yeah. see Harry as somebody who can actually take the reins or take control of a situation and deal with it himself. He doesn't see that.
2: We were watching some of the extras on the Order of the Phoenix DVD last night. My daughter put it on and there was a bunch of commentary from different people, some guy in a bow tie who looks like a real nerd who wrote a book and um, some blonde chick that I don't know who her name is, she wrote a book and Steve Van Der Ark who got in a lot of trouble with the law and he wrote a book and they're all talking about what should happen with the series because it was all recorded before Deathly Hallows came out and one of them made a comment that there has to be a resolution, they're they're examining the, the relationship between Harry and Malfoy, they're saying there has to be a resolution Of the relationship between Harry and Malfoy. And and that that, that has to, they made the argument that that relationship needs to be resolved and they need to come around and and be friends and, and end their animosity. And I have to say, I don't really get why that has to happen because I think it's actually more powerful, like in this fic, that, you know, 25 years later, they still don't like each other. They still have a problem with each other. And I don't know why it should be resolved. Um, but I don't know why people point.
5: always want to redeem Malfoy. That's why I like him in this story. Because yeah. he's still a slimy little prick. And that's <laughs> how I've always seen him, and that's how I think he's always been, and I don't think that would ever change. I, think well, I just it. point
1: out somewhere in Fort Worth, Texas, Jen is like, James, did you feel that? What, Jen? What? <laughs> a little piece of me died. <laughs> like, <I'm just laughs> <a dream. laughs>
0: I think the people so, that that said that, you know, he needs to resolve his his relationship with with Draco. That's because they want to tie up. They want to make a full circle. Yeah. They want to have it come see, all the way around. It's, it, I don't think it's needed. It's I don't think it's not important needed. enough to You cannot get along with everybody in the world. Right. And yeah. it's going to be Harry and Draco are going to be, you know, at loggerheads for the rest of their lives. They so do not do you
2: the bit in the epilogue, okay, so if we look at the bit in the epilogue where they nod to Draco on the platform, do mm-hmm. you think that that's an um, like effort to sort of say, oh, look, they they did patch it up a bit, you know? It, but by the same it, token, it's still wide open for interpretation. You, they yeah. didn't go over and shake his hand and slap him on the back or or anything. No, I think but it was a we,
0: a, we are going to agree speech. to disagree. Haven't, you know, That's that's going to be that... You you stay yeah. on your side, and I'm gonna stay on mine, and never the twain shall meet, and you know we'll just yeah, deal I with it the I think they it is.
2: started giving each other a wide berth. See, at Hogwarts they couldn't, but I right. think as adults they would pretty much be okay. Let's just you know I'll, I'll stay on this yeah like you said I'll be on this side of the room, and you stay on that side of the room. And I think Draco was intimidated
1: by Harry's full head of hair. I think that was the issue. <laughs> Harry had a full head of hair, and Draco was this little. <laughs> fall. He was this little bald, fat guy, and it just didn't really work.
4: Yes. yes. Anyway, I, I guess in my mind what, what they're saying with with the whole uh, – the story has to be resolved. It's not necessarily that they have to become bosom friends, yeah. but I think a lot of people – if you if you look at the story from – it depends. I think if you look at it from a kid's perspective, like these are children's books, then then it didn't have to be resolved. They could just be enemies forever, and that's that. But I think if you look at it from more of an adult perspective, what you have to say is not so much that they have to become bosom friends, but there has to be a certain level of understanding that Malfoy, he isn't a dark lord. He's he's not a one-dimensional character. You want to understand – not necessarily agree with him, but you want to understand where he's coming from. You want to understand the motivation. You want to understand that he's not – an evil person just because he was sort of into Slytherin, that kind of thing. And that's the whole storyline I think you see in book six and seven, emphasized a lot with his family. The idea that, you know, he starts off maybe as like a slightly. Um, I don't know, spoiled kid. That's all he really is. He's not a bad person. And then he gets sucked in over his head, and he makes these sort of tough decisions, which I think in canon, Harry actually sympathizes with, because especially Harry, of all people, who recognizes the importance of family, has a certain sympathy for Malfoy, in my mind, by if the end take, of the
0: series. Look, look at the first chapter of Deathly Hallows. Draco did not want to look at Charity Brumbridge at all, because he knew that she was going to die and he did not want to be associated with this. He had that. He was, you saw it at the end of Half Blood Prince, where he was, you know, when when he and Harry ran into each other in uh, Myrtle's bathroom. He, the he is so torn. He is expected to follow in his father's footsteps, and he is scared spitless to do that
5: because he's a weak character. Because he's not because
0: a
4: weak character.
5: I, I don't think he's a weak character. But I think not, that, he's a weak, like person. weak he's a weak person is what I'm saying. He's yes, not correct. He doesn't have any backbone is what it is. And I disagree yes, with that. And How I, I actually agree home? with Renna.
4: I think he's a normal person. I think what you're doing is you're looking at him from a hairy template. A the s- the amount of courage it was s- Hey, he's not whiny. When is he whine? he's uh, so slimy. He's not slimy <laughs> when does, either.
0: When does he whine? Wait until when I tell my God. father. Wait until I tell my father. I, you know what?
4: I, I don't think he's a coward. I don't think... I think he is. No, because... Oh, I'm, it, it costs you Show hands. Is. Who thinks
1: Draco's a coward? Show of hands. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I can't actually you, see your hands. Coward in yeah. the
3: dictionary. The first picture will be Fang, and the second
0: picture will be Draco.
1: be Draco. <laughs> <laughs> Harry okay. was really
5: carrying okay. that entire. I need to come back and talk about sev- about sh- uh, blah, 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 about Seamus for a minute. <laughs> okay.
1: Yes, you do, because then I have a wonderful revelation about the Malfoy. You know what? Mine will take two seconds, then we'll do the okay. rest. It'll become Seamus cast. In in the scene where when Malfoy you know approached at the three broomsticks, you know it you know after Seamus for Seamus's um well, I want to say celebratory, you know, you know um memorial. Yeah, memorial the memorial for Seamus. The one thing that annoyed me that I believe CQ did, and I'll apologize if it was actually me, he, he's only referenced as Malfoy. For the life of me, I couldn't figure out if it was Draco or, or Lucius.
3: Yeah, that bothers oh. me when they do that.
1: I could not figure out if it was Draco or, or Lucius. I had to read the thing three times. All right, carry on. Good.
5: Okay. <laughs> I think that this, what is it, section about Seamus is probably, to me, one of the best written parts of this story. And in the author notes, Creative Quill made a comment about having recently had a friend who committed suicide. And that was why this chapter came into being, was in a way to help her heal. I think over what happened because in the course of the story, it's really not, shall we say crucial that somebody kills themselves. But I think that it is one of those scenes where, you know, there's a lot of times when people write superfluous scenes that you really, you don't need them. And the story wouldn't necessarily, I mean, it would probably be a little bit better if you left it out. But this scene, I think, is so well done. And I think that the emotion behind it and I think that, you know, reading the suicide note itself was just, I mean, it just Mm -hmm. latches on. Because this is somebody, he can't face them again because of what they did to his family. And we already knew that his whole family was killed in the second war. And now he's lost his, his, he's lost his wife and his children, and he can't face fighting
1: them again. And It wasn't the Second War, wasn't it the beginning of the Third? They were killed recently. Like no, 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 his parents. His parents were killed. His parents, yes. The yes, yes,
5: Second yes. War. His well, wife and child were killed.
0: He's, he's not only, he not only doesn't want to face the, the enemy again, he can't. he's afraid that he is going to snap. And he's going to hurt the people with him. Yeah. He thinks that yeah. he, he feels he's he's lost control. And his only means of having any control over this is taking his own life. Yeah, He can really- control himself. And that's all he's going to do.
1: Yeah, and like we were saying earlier with Hermione, I read the, um, originally last week, I read that I read the story as though Hermione had committed suicide. And even as I said this week, I picture that's one of the reasons Harry did what he did. And Mm -hmm. I think that that was one of the things I was saying, where I thought the story would have been stronger if it focused on that. You have Hermione, you have, you have Harry literally, you know, wipe her memory, you know, like literally like, you know, like shove her in a box and ship her off into the muggle world somewhere to live out a new life. Whereas in Seamus' situation, no one catches it. And even after he's had these horrible losses, Dean is gone. And, you know, his normal support network isn't there. His family is wiped out. And by the time Harry and Ron go to check on him, he's been dead for two days. So I kind of use that, even though Dean, Seamus is a non-character in the story. He gets a couple lines and then suicide note, but he, he pretty much serves, you know, plot role and as something that for the other characters to bounce off of you know, through his loss to see what he means to the other characters. And that was what I used him for. This is what would have happened to Hermione if not for what Harry did. And that's how I used it to justify Harry's actions. It, but I did want to say that too, that the, the suicide note was incredibly powerful.
5: And it also, you know, it, it's another example of one of the things that Creative Quill did really well in that she used these, you know, it was kind of like the, the brief mentions of Hermione we had before the reveal. You know, mm-hmm. she wasn't there, but you felt her presence and it made a huge impact on the scene. Yeah, and that's what's going on right here, and and then in the following chapters, you know, before before Malfoy gets involved, and they, you know, and they they meet to to raise a glass in Seamus's honor, and I think that that is really really beautiful because these were the people that you know you don't really see you don't really see in canon that five Gryffindor boys were really were really that close between the group of them you know and I think that in this one you get a little bit more of that camaraderie between the five of them and I like that I really like that
0: there's a line in the next
5: chapter where Neville starts and
0: he says we're here to honor a friend and then he he can't continue because he's so up he's so overcome by emotion I love that line
1: I I just want to read two lines, sir. I want to read one line from... Excuse me. I just want to read one line from the suicide note and then um, a line from the... I forget who he was. Not the undertaker, but the individual that comes and he's gonna quietly dispose of of Seamus. Um, This is from the suicide note. Um, I'd be asking you to keep it quiet. Toss me somewhere and let me rest. If you have the need, a drink raised to me occasionally is all that I want, as we've done many a time for Dean. My lacy wouldn't approve but that's how it should be. And it's just, it's just, that's all I want. Let me rest. I've, I've done my bit. It's time for me to go. Remember me. And then the, um, the Undertaker, when he comes to, to quietly take care of it, he says to Harry, young man, you and your friends are not unknown or without respect. I know who that young man is. He deserves better than he got. And it's, it's, it's tragic. And on some level, he's at peace and he'll be, remember- he'll be remembered and he'll be valued and he'll never be forgotten. And it's just so unbelievably sad. And I think one of the reasons it was so remarkable in the story is that we can relate to it in our own lives. You may not know someone who's taken their own life, but the loss is real. And it makes sense. And he... The- let me even put it this way i'll complain in this story that the characters don't feel like real people that harry doesn't feel like a real person or respond like a real person seamus does and neville does in that um quote that kelly just had so i think that's why it jumps out at me so much because he seems so real Mm
5: -hmm. yeah and and you know i i know a lot of people I know a lot of people were scratching their heads when they started reading this especially because they know how incredibly critical I am stories and this is as I've said myself not the best fic that we've ever covered but it's moments like that it's moments like in chapter 19 that made me want to cover this because the one thing that I've I that I've always wanted to bring to this podcast is to be able to show what an example of good, effective writing is. And that part right there, those paragraphs about Seamus, that scene is an example of incredibly effective writing. There are a lot of examples in this story of really bad writing.
1: (laughs) Oh, darling, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um,
5: But, but... I think that it, Creative Quill has these moments that are so beautiful and so amazing that I really felt that it's moments like that that outweigh all of the awkwardness, all of the story issues that I had with this story. Because if I could convince even one person that if you want to write effectively, you em, you emulate what she did right there. I think it would make anybody that tried to do that a better writer
1: Yeah, and I think that's the thing I think that if I could have read a re-edit of the story years later I think you'd have seen a lot more scenes like that and I think the only complaint as I've said before that I can have about this story is that there was so much potential within this plot moments like this should have been a lot more plentiful and I think that's where it's I feel like we got chapter after chapter after chapter of Harry and Ginny but we didn't learn anything about them and he, for for all intents and purposes, it was a sitcom. You, you know, Harry you, you, is the only one who doesn't know that Jenny's pregnant. And then there's, the, there's the, the pregnancy jokes. And then there's Hermione delivering the baby. In that one scene, Seamus isn't even a character. It, and it's exactly like you said. Hermione wasn't a, a character in the first 14 chapters, you know, for all intents and purposes. But she felt like one to me because she wasn't there. And Seamus, I don't know him. All I know from him is that his... Uh, family was killed. He's probably one of the most real characters to me in the story.
5: Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, I, I, I entirely agree with everything that you said. Um, all right, moving into chapter twenty. Moving into chapter twenty, I have a quote here from Molly, which I paraphrased as: "Harry, you knocked up my daughter, and I used to have a lot of sex as a young woman," <laughs> which I thought was a really great little moment between Harry and his mother-in-law there. And I just want to point out at this time where that. She
2: says- Sorry, I love the part where Molly says, "Not that you'd know it." I'm like, they have seven children. I think we know it.
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I you
1: did it exactly six times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think exactly. It. Well, can I just point out the thing I love about the story is that number one, everyone just seems to live with Harry. Like, I don't get the <laughs> sense that Molly and Arthur stop by because they're always there at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know? Like, Arthur's at the table doing the crossword puzzle, and well, the thing that cracks me up is arthur in the story actually seems like he lives there like he's doing work or he's in the study or he's bringing cases home from the office i have a question
0: i I have a question and and i think this is because okay we have arthur who is the minister of magic and now we have harry who's the minister for magic okay Mm mm-hmm do they have like a secret service on the wizard side? Where are the bodyguards? Where are the, you know, we're talking about the person who's in charge
1: of the government. At what point and, Harry goes off on a covert op mission I, to I kill know, the was, enemy? It was
0: like Captain and, Kirk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I'll be away. Exactly. Team. Yeah, let's there, send there the top not... officers well, away.
1: Woo! Well, at one point, Ginny's the first lady in the war correspondence, delivering her kid. I mean, like, because apparently the Weather Wizard can't apparate in; she's stuck in traffic. Can you picture the Weather Wizard like at her car, trying to scrape ice off the windshield, even though it's April? But um, <laughs> <laughs> the kind of like there was a very awkward chapter ending where Harry's like, "When is the the child going to be born?" April. <laughs> author's notes i'm like really that was where you ended the- april um i thought that was interesting but the the thing i love about molly in this is arthur seems like he's you know the father-in-law of the former minister of magic he actually lives there molly really seems like the maid like i'm picturing her in alice's little blue maid outfit with the white <laughs> little bow in the back like at one point molly <laughs> could i have some coffee in a thermos of course love i'm like love when did love start and it's just <laughs> okay,
5: like okay, i just okay, thought well- If Jenny was the maid at the beginning of the story, he has married... She actually was the maid. She was on payroll. So So Molly's the new maid. So Molly had to take over because (laughs) Harry married the maid.
1: I read it as an expression. Like, Molly would, would chip in and help, but she's actually on staff. Like, like I hate to say, it, but at the time she was doing it, she was like the first lady of the <laughs> world, and she's Aries maid. Like it just, it really cracked me up. I, I love that. I thought that was, that was, that was good. Uh, oh, it's right. always like the ones too like where a everyone bad, seems romantic to. Romantic
3: comedy, like where the president falls What's... in love with like the cook in the White House
2: kitchen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We actually, my fellow, I uh, know I'm um, the American president. We actually had. A, oh yeah, I was gonna say
2: there is a movie YouTube. where that happened.
1: <laughs> he tries to ask her out on a date, and madness ensues. But oh, he tries flowers, least, I I flowers. The st- <laughs> the
2: flowers. Yeah. I'm thinking no, this when one he one with her, um, Jennifer Lopez. And ca- oh, that's Made in Manhattan, where he asked.
1: No, it's the one where she, he calls Sydney to ask her out on the date, and she keeps hanging up on him because she doesn't believe it's actually the president. That happened to Barack <laughs> Obama. <laughs> that happened to Barack Obama. He called a congresswoman who was just elected to, to, to congratulate her. I believe she may not have been elected. He may have just no. He called her because she was on a committee. What? He, she wasn't elected,
3: elected. Congratulations <laughs> on losing.
1: <laughs> exactly. No. He. No. The the woman. No. <laughs> no he. The woman was like on a. He, the woman was on a committee that, that was very important that he needed to to deal with in legislation. So he called her um as president-elect he's about to take over he called her to you know to introduce himself and she's like you're not Barack Obama and she hangs up on him and he, <laughs> you know she thought it was the local radio station that was spoofing her so then she he's like what the hell him. do I she, she hung, hung up, up on me. him twice you know, he called back. She hung up on him again. So then his chief of staff, Rahm Emanuel, calls us, can you please stop hanging up on the president-elect. She's like, you're not Rahm Emanuel. She hangs up on him. Yeah. <laughs> so she's hanging up on everyone. So finally, they had to call like the chairman of her committee to have him call her and say, can you please stop hanging up on people? <laughs> yeah, you believe it. I think we're overlooking the fact that he goes off on a covert opposition. Op- yeah, I know. I mean, bodyguards go with him on that one. Remember Kingsley and... Well, um... no, here's the thing, though. He, before he leaves, he appoints a deputy minister of magic. He appoints Bill Weasley. My question was, you didn't already have one? <laughs> like, you're just thinking, hmm, <laughs> I should probably... <sighs> yeah, like, didn't they have... Yeah, the, the, that's the thing. Like, who was in charge before that? It was like this week's episode of Battlestar Galactica, but I won't get there because <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> no! All I can say is that Guy's Baltar was almost in charge of the human race, and I, I'm just leaving that. Right where I left. But I, well, let's even talk about that. So can can I just point out something too? I, I made an error when I was loading these chapters onto my iPod. So I jumped from the scene when Harry basically told Ludwig Murray, okay, you're you're, you're, you're our guest. Now we're going to keep you at the ministry. You're going to be our little pet. (laughs) We're going to keep you. Um, I jumped from that scene. I, I actually took that chapter twice and so I had Chapter 20 twice, and then I jumped to Chapter 22. So all I knew is Harry was going to be a father, and the baby was coming in April. And then all I knew, everyone was wearing black ski masks, and they were going off to break in somewhere. So I was a little unclear as to the transitionary period here. Speaking of which, can I give a theory that popped into my mind right
4: around this time? I'm thinking... Oh, God, yeah. Oh,
5: God. Uh- no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking,
4: what is his name? I, 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 always, I can't remember his name. Philip Mo- Modin, whatever the, the terrorist Mahoud. guy.
5: Philip Mahood. Mahoud, Mahoud yeah. yes, yeah. Modin. It's <laughs> uh, No, no, that was it's
4: hot. Dutch. It's Dutch, Mike. It's Dutch. Carry on. Even though one of his pa- pa- no, it can't be developers. Dutch because one of his parents is British and the other parent is Saudi Arabian. So um, <laughs> my <laughs> mistake. I remember that, but I don't remember his Colin
3: name. Got- <laughs>
4: I, anyway, my point it. being, I, I'm thinking that maybe just, especially after, we, th- this is, seems like it's turning into such a, a more canon-based fic, that maybe there, that he himself is Voldemort in a similar way that Hermione, I mean, um, the reporter lady was Hermione, because...
2: Mora! Her name is Mora!
4: Mora <laughs> well, was Hermione. Because <laughs> the, reason, the reason I say that is this, it seems really convenient to me when, you're, when they're going over the... Um, The descriptions of his history that, you know, he's the oldest Death Eater. So he's there before every other Death Eater. He might not even have a dark mark. Then Voldemort vanishes and he vanishes. Voldemort comes back and he comes back. Voldemort's defeated and he vanishes. And now he's back. And that just seemed like really convenient to me that he's like the only Death Eater where every time Voldemort's defeated, he just disappears from the face of the earth.
0: No, I I can. I see Hmm. that as plausible.
1: Yeah. Well, I thought it was a little I thought it was a little corny that he was Voldemort's number one top lieutenant because I thought that was Snape, I thought that was Malfoy. You know, oh, there's another Death Eater that we've never heard of who happens to be the top lieutenant. <laughs>
4: Unless he really is Voldemort.
1: His name is Phil. Well,
5: yeah, his name is Phil. Here's the thing. The one thing that I've kind of gathered is that Voldemort was never say completely open and honest and forthcoming with his Death Eaters. So, it's completely possible that there was another lieutenant running around somewhere that nobody knew about because Voldemort didn't trust them to know. Causing mayhem on his own. Exactly.
1: Yeah, Voldemort was not very open. I just want to reiterate oh, that. The man was not Oprah Winfrey. He, he,
5: he, he. Bad news Voldemort does not equal Oprah Winfrey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Voldemort comes out of the closet.
5: What? What? What?
4: On behalf of everyone, I'd just like to say my hand. That would uh, just amuse me if Voldemort uh, came out of the closet. Came out of the
0: closet. Oh, uh, God, Mike. <laughs> anyway. I mean, we're, not we're not
1: there would be a great moment I in the story if he actually walked out of the closet like he was hiding in there for Harry to come. And he just walked <sighs> out of the closet. Is it a broom visual. closet?
3: That is the lamest pun ever. Like, he comes out of the closet and comes out of the closet.
4: <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. Uh... <laughs> Well, I didn't say it twice. I only said it once. It may have been a stutter. Can I, what, what, Mike? Dumbledore spurned him. Uh, anyway.
8: Oh,
4: God, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but the other, the other part of my theory too.
1: Is <laughs> that a verb? Is that a real verb? Yeah. You say he spurned him. Just spurned him. Really? Okay.
0: <laughs> to spurn. To yeah. reject. I've... Oh Lord, help us! All right.
4: <laughs> I was going to make a comment too that. We mentioned it briefly last podcast. I got the impression that he has to defeat the darkness or Dark Lord will keep rising again or again. And there seems to be this – I haven't read this. Uh, – I'm guessing this might be something the sequel deals with. The, this idea that there's something behind all of these Dark Lords and there's a reason why Dark Lord after Dark Lord keeps popping up again, like whatever. And that's what has to be dealt with. So that's something – Looking forward Why do
3: you to think it. they're always wars? Why do you think they're always criminals? I
7: mean, it's just well, that's.
4: The, but I'm saying I get the sense in this fic that that's not the case. That because of that line that Harry's making about we have to defeat the darkness once and for all, so that this trend of he says that in the early chapters, and so I'm thinking that there's maybe not that the Wizarding World is ever going to become a utopia, but that there's that the part of the plot of the story is that there's something going on here that dark lords keep rising up and this isn't supposed to be this isn't normal for these dark lords to pop up
1: i think i i I definitely didn't take i didn't take from it that i'm sorry i didn't take from it that he was voldemort reincarnated i think we played that line once already in this fic um the one thing which i thought was interesting is he came across as incredibly menacing coming into this like he he was described as being you know far more intelligent than voldemort far more dangerous than voldemort we need to unite the entire world against him and then by the end of i forget what chapter it was it was chapter 24 i believe harry's response to him is basically he's not as bad as i thought he was so from a writing standpoint i found it interesting that transition there but i never really took it that he was anything other than what he appeared to be
4: yeah speaking of which could someone who read it whether this comes up in the sequels but it seems to me yeah. like for all this all this obsession with merging the muggles and letting them know and all like he's he's dead and that's it we didn't need the muggles they didn't do anything
5: because because what what if Mahood's not really the bad guy
1: yeah. interesting am i the only one picturing phil from pfw every time we talk about him
4: no. Yes.
3: Well, if we call him Phil don't, and not don't Mahood. Don't call him Phil. Phil from PFW is not Mahood.
1: No. I'm calling him Phil. I don't care what you people think. <laughs> <laughs>
5: oh, Somehow he turned Bob for Puffle Puff. This
1: is true. And can we talk about the fact that they that that Phil turned Severus into a snake? That was kind of amusing.
3: Now you're confusing me because I thought you were talking about our Phil. I thought you were saying our Phil had turned, and I was like, what did he turn into? And then you said Severus into a snake, and I was like, what?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> our Phil is actually not a snake. I just thought that was interesting because well, was they're looking snake. for him and maybe...
3: Snake. That's confusing. Snape, Snape was a snake. snake. Snape. Try to say that can... five times it... fast. Snape I can't even
1: say it. I can't even say it two times slow. But I just thought that was really weird, like, he's been an Animagus all this time, and they just thought he was shot and vaporized, and then they were like, well, what if he's a snake? And the best line in the entire story is Harry to someone. I forget who. You need to find a snake. Look for a snake that's behaving strangely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what the I hell get he's right doing. I on that. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's look for there. a snake that's just he's, glaring at you.
3: Examine yeah. all the snakes you come across in your daily life.
5: In
1: Britain, I mean, <laughs> bring me all the snakes.
3: Yeah, aren't there no
1: snakes? In the like,
5: that's Ireland. I I just I don't think there's that many indigenous snake populations to to England. But I mean, I can imagine if you saw a snake, you know, ha- have having used his writhing of his body to hollow out an area, and is now gathering ingredients to make a potion. That might be a little bit of a clue. <laughs> or something i don't well, know or maybe maybe that as well. put a cape on and is swishing it <laughs> menacingly
1: <laughs> what, what's the it's, it's the one for well picture the scene from lavender brown's final reckoning where McGonagall is is so excitable during the entire story because every time they tell her something she grabs her chest and she's like good god like it's she's amazed by everything she hears oh, Harry I, returns like, I was like hug. somebody give that woman some amiodarone come on <laughs> yeah give her like a brown paper bag she needs to breathe into it like it's <laughs> like minerva we need to call a snow day <gasps> like she's she a question
4: Sneep in snake form has or anyone if anyone in their animagus form has a kid is the kid an animal or a he human?
3: wasn't an animagus he got turned into a snake
4: no, he wasn't Animagus. Didn't didn't they say with Minerva? He was
1: Animagus and he was actually turned into a snake yeah. for real. He he was reformed into a snake, I believe is the phrasing.
0: It's what a trans- forced transfiguration that keeps him in the form
5: of his Animagus shape.
1: Yes. Mike, your question was: Does his children become a snake? I don't know.
5: There's there's a story that that was on featured on Potter Sue's. Did we not, not talk too long ago. about the fix
3: where Remus has puppies. No,
5: that was that's not what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> when,
3: Did
2: the, I really the, exist? <laughs> oh, you're be right. kidding me.
5: No, I was talking about the one where the kid was born with chicken wings because <laughs> the mother was an animagus and she transformed and she didn't realize she was pregnant. And so her, her baby was born with wings. No way.
1: So you have Minerva who's so excitable in past fix. So in this one, Harry's at Hogwarts, and the best line after uh, look at look for a snake that's behaving strangely. The best line after that was Min Sev is missing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what?
1: <laughs> Min Sev is missing. So then Harry's like, Now, in the past, I've made telepathic contact with Snape. I found it icky, but eventually got used to it. So you're picturing Harry, and he's like holding his forehead, and he's like. like awesome, mm. and And he contacts Snape. Now, there was the talk about maybe Snape, his law isn't cognizant, or maybe his brain is the size of a walnut now, and he won't be able to understand. Hey, Harry, how you doing? It's Sev here. I'm like, oh, all right, apparently hey, he's fine. So then you there's. Know, how
3: does that work? I mean, like, if, if they're an animal and an animal doesn't have a, a big brain how are they able to think like a person
1: I think he should have been talking like sandy from psychic serpent or what's his face from a year like none other but I, I digress so I
2: don't understand so why he had to harry who's a parcel mouth had to connect mentally with severus the snake wouldn't he be able to just talk to him and call out hey severus where
0: are you he didn't know where he was well the, 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 he didn't know where, the he thing. didn't know physically where he was
1: well, they, the thing is, the shouldn't they at- check the yard for snakes, though, before Harry tries to force a mind melt? Like, like, how far could <laughs> yeah, they have gone? But he wasn't, like, he wasn't on the ground. See, Harry had to apparate to where he was. But no, do we know where that was? Because he's like, Severus, look around, Harry sees grass. Look around higher, Harry sees a tree. I know exactly where you are. And he apparates and gets them three minutes later. He's probably 12 feet from where the, ba- the battle occurred. Probably, like, he but know?
0: he had to make sure.
1: He had to make sure. I know, but couldn't they have apparated? They like, looked around, like, oh, yeah. there he is. Mark. us we'll all all the stand in the middle of the field snakes. and yell in parcel mouth, you know? It's
0: like, uh, like that's can
1: Can you picture can you picture Harry up on the on the hill and it's like Julie Andrews and he's spinning like the sound <laughs> of music and he's like, Sev Sev and you see McGonagall, Sev, it's Min and he, she's breathing into her <laughs> paperback. Ryan, I'm crying here. Oh. <laughs> in her mind, I, I he's think, in her cottage.
0: I think that when you when when you change from a human form to an animal form. You don't lose any brain power. Otherwise, Minerva would have a big problem with going back and forth between being a human and a cat. I know,
3: just, no, just like asking how they don't.
4: Well, Maybe you get what I mean. It's magic.
3: You know, it's like I'm asking a question <laughs> of biology. Magic.
4: magic.
3: Magic. Magic.
4: Magic. Well, that matter, they wouldn't even have to yell in parcel tongue for Snape because people in Animagus form understand. understand English. English, right. Yeah,
2: Dude, but I'm saying if he could talk to him, Tongue, all the bad guys wouldn't be able to understand.
1: They're all dead, though. Well, let me ask you this, too. Did the whole plot point where Snake becomes a s- snake, did the entire <laughs> plot point where Snape becomes a snake, did that go anywhere other than Harry had to apparate over and get him? <laughs> no. I'm like, oh my god, Snape is dead. They're like, he's an animal. <laughs> oh my god, he could be anywhere. He's actually right over there.
4: <laughs> I thought maybe her purpose for it was we see this, like, we see, see Harry walking around calling him Sev and, like, this weird closeness between them that seems glaring from canon. So this is maybe, like, sort of part of the explanation for why they're so close, maybe. Or maybe I'm yeah. justifying it. They
1: can- talk to each other in their brains I don't, I don't know. Well then then we jump to the to the next uh couple of chapters where uh Ginny is giving birth and Hermione is you know Ginny Hermione is in charge of the whole thing there. She's delivering the baby. And she gives birth and then she's like something's wrong and and, and Hermione's like that's just the afterbirth. I'm like this is going to be a very descriptive chapter. I can tell all of- and then it's another kid and all I can picture because this is just timely when this is coming out all I can picture is the woman from California who has the 16 children oh no (laughs) oh my god she's actually because Harry said I want as many kids as we can possibly have I'm like she's literally going to have seven children and they're going to be the Weasleys (laughs) and guess which ones are from a previous marriage (laughs) carnal
5: colored ones (coughs) hate 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 when people call Hermione Mione, and I hate that they gave that baby that name.
3: Oh my god, the <laughs> baby has White. the worst name ever. Like, I was so angry that Lily
5: <laughs> Okay, honestly, Lily Mione sounds practice. like a species <laughs> of, of like, algae. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds
3: like a hillbilly. Like, they might as well have named her like Ellie May. Uh,
5: Lily <laughs> Mione it sounds like some kind of plant life. I mean, <laughs> gosh. Yeah, I was,
2: so, Don't you
5: rate this one worse than Renee's mate? Or, or oh, but
0: there I understand the hillbilly. My middle name is Suzanne, which my mother was fine with until my father's family started calling me Kelly Sue, and then she was like, "Oh, oh no, her name is not
1: Kelly Sue." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah, I understand that quite a bit. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: Well, the thing was, I apparently, I was talking to Jen, and I was explaining to Jen that we now have. Um, well, I was explaining to her that her new name is either Gen 1 or Classic Jen on the <laughs> forum, because we have many gens. And she. Because what's happening is I, I'll i say Gen 1, and she doesn't know who that is. Jen knows her. Because we have Gen 1, Gen 2, we now have Gen 3, and we have Gen 4. And her baby's name is Lee. And she's like, Well, don't you see why I, get, uh, I named my son Lee? It's the stupidest name ever, but no one else is a Lee. I'm like, You can't say that about your kid. Its name. <laughs> well, then the I'm other thing I thought go. was great, too, is you have Jamie, who's a perfect, you know, carbon copy of James Potter, and you have Lily, who's a perfect carbon copy of Lily Potter, and they're like, oh, isn't this cute? I'm like, it's incestuous. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's very, very totally <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, the one chapter I did really love, too, was... Um, it, I actually don't remember. The, I, which chapter was it? It was, was it chapter 20 or 21? It was the chapter where they're preparing for the battle. They're preparing to go um, to stop Phil, the bad guy. And, and and Ron's like, I can't believe you're you're letting Hermione go. And he's like, I really can't keep her from coming. You're not letting Ginny go. Ginny's pregnant with my child. Well, I don't want Hermione to go. I'm like, then you better, better get her pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> <I better start." laughs>
5: that was funny.
1: <laughs> and Ron's just like, hmm. I just thought that <laughs> it's like unless she's pregnant by Thursday, she's coming on the damn mission. Yeah, I thought that was <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I thought those...
0: Work
5: fast, Ron. Well, it's
1: Nothing worse than Molly than Molly giving Harry the sex talk. It's like, oh, this is uncomfortable for me as well.
5: It was uncomfortable. You know, oh, it's man. one of those things where it's not just not not safe for work. It's not safe for life.
1: You know. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Some trying to think here if I had anything else I wanted to say about these chapters. I did like the part that Seamus apparently transfigured Lavender a bra out of something, I forget what, and she paid him 50 pounds for it. You
5: know, I, I like that because it kind of gave you know it, I just I, I really like that that Seamus was this ace at transfiguration and that it wasn't really fire whiskey he was sneaking in he was transfiguring stuff and a French lace bustier he was like it took it two weeks and, and George was like yeah probably a week and a half for him to figure out what the hell you were talking about
1: I'm looking through here um, the the scene where Hermione turned Malfoy into a ferret was blunted for me because I had no earthly idea which <laughs> Malfoy it was <laughs> i was picturing lucius i believe it was supposed to be draco i don't know i don't know who this is that was the part that um that threw me off there um i did pick up on the fact that Ginny was pregnant because she wasn't drinking liquor which i caught this time and catch hermione but i caught this this time even though they explicitly told me that Ginny was pregnant but i did think it was the scene where she comes in and she seems very serious and harry's like harry like instantly knew you know this wasn't a joking matter because he was expecting pregnancy i'm like oh my god judy has cancer and she's like no harry it's fine i'm pregnant i'm like why did you just throw me off the case for no reason so that's pretty much all i have now what was the deal in the last chapter with the prophecy there's a new new prophecy what is oh, oh the I, I, I didn't skip
4: deal. by that i thought that was like a quote to start the chapter I didn't realize that See, was the this is the plot thing.
1: Plot. Mike never reads anything in italics, so you can actually slip <laughs> the entire plot past him because you
4: never read it. Like I said, I was wondering why the old prophecy never came true. Is that because there's a new prophecy that cancels it out?
1: It's
5: because it's possible that Mahood wasn't really the bad guy.
4: Yes, yes.
1: Dun-dun-dun-dun! Dun-dun-dun. <laughs> <Dink, laughs> Wink-wink. Nudge-nudge. And of course we learn from the original prophecy, I think, that or at least harry believes that hermione will be with ron by his side forever and ever until their death
5: right so that would stand to reason that if hermione has to die by ron's side as long as they never do anything dangerous together they'll live forever i mean (laughs) you think think
0: that 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 makes sense
1: But you know what happened he'll probably like cut himself trying to open a can of spaghettios he'll cut himself on the can opener and like get an infection and die and then she'll drop next to him i don't know <laughs> spaghetti
4: power no longer hidden is that the terrible power that's revealed so we'll know what that that's is. That's the
1: wrong fic. That was the fic last time. That was back for <laughs> I was for gonna the, say
2: that's the last yeah. thing. Oh, wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's time to call it a night, everybody. <laughs> all right. See you all back next week. We're starting Power of Faith.
5: All right. Night.
6: Good night, all. Good night. Bye. Good night. So hold on to the wonder that does fall. To
1: keep
3: each other safe keep faith good night oh my gosh this is so exciting i just love this part
6: the peons are coming
7: Welcome to Peoncast, The Next Generation. I'm Sue. I'm Kayla. I'm
0: Kelly.
6: I'm Scott.
7: I'm Trisha, known as Miss Lupin. We are going to be doing the second chapter of In the Beginning by Creative Quill. It can be found on fanfiction.net, and it is the prequel to... uh Help me out here, Kelly. The Power of Truth
0: by Creative Quill. Yeah.
6: Alright then. The first chapter was In the Beginning. Chapter 2 is then called The Middle, and Harry is now 17, walking grimly into the entrance hall, because life is bringing him down.
0: Because life sucks. (laughs) Life sucks. (sighs) Well, Ginny has broken up with Harry.
7: No, Harry kind of broke up with Ginny, and he... Yeah, but as (laughs) far as
6: Harry's concerned, the problem is that she's dating Dean Thomas, and this is just wrong.
7: It is wrong.
8: (laughs) It is. I Dean Bloody Thomas. Yeah, Bloody
0: Dean Thomas.
6: And Mm -hmm. he's just come back from spending summer at the borough again, but it's kind of awkward this year because of the whole breakup thing.
0: Poor Harry. So he spends
6: the last week of summer with Hermione's parents and her, and apparently finds it annoying because it's too normal.
0: (laughs) Which is kind of funny because, you know, the Harry we know in canon is like, I want everything to be normal, please.
7: Uh Ron knows that Harry's kind of bummed about the whole thing and he says, are you okay, mate? And Harry says, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. And Ron's like, I don't know why she did it, but she's my sister and I can't do anything about it. Anyone else, and I could go pound them, but she's my sister and I just really can't.
6: Ron and Luna have also broken up, but it's much less of a problem for them and he and Hermione have sort of started eyeing
0: each other. They make googly eyes. Right, googly eyes at each other. I thought that was cute.
7: Hermione's off trying to find that bloody cat.
0: Yeah, Crookshanks.
7: (laughs) Because there's no love loss between the two of them. Uh, Poor Crookshanks.
6: And Harry's feeling insecure again because he's a terrible risk to everyone about him.
8: Yeah, well, you know, it's it's Harry. Same old story, different day.
7: Then we don't know how long it's been, but the next scene is Hermione crying in Harry's arms
8: yeah that kind of threw me for a loop I was like what the heck's going on so I thought at first I thought Ron broke up with her'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt that boy
7: we find out that Hermione's parents have been killed by Death Eaters. I know that was
0: yeah. my first they destroyed reaction, the house though. and her parents are
6: dead it's probably about midway through the year I think because
0: yeah I, I was kind of under the impression that it, it for some reason I felt it was like January or February that was my impression though yeah especially uh, right after that they pretty much go
8: straight into the new and stuff like that so I think you your guess because when 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 I first was thinking about it I thought it was going to be like right before Christmas or something like that but I had no idea.
6: It doesn't really say but the first scene is right at the beginning of the year and the third scene is right at the end so it sort of makes sense to stick the middle bit in the middle.
0: Yeah but after Christmas because if she had had this and the discussion that she's about to have with Harry when they were talking about the newts she asks him what's it like to be alone and I I think if this had happened before Christmas it would be even more traumatic. She would have been a raving lunatic. Oh my God. I mean, she just, she would have had a nervous breakdown. I really think she would have. So I think this is coming probably a month or two, maybe three, after her parents were killed. Oh, so I'm thinking her parents were probably killed in February, the beginning of March.
6: Okay. And this is May or June, somewhere in there. Right. Well, it wouldn't be June because they haven't done the newts yet, but uh, right. it's but April, May, somewhere. Yeah. And Harry says that he will be Hermione's family because he already feels like his friends are his family. One thing I noticed in here is that I don't know if it's when this was written or just how the author has chosen to go about it, but they have Hermione being younger than Harry. Yeah. She asked him to be her big brother, which is was sort of the assumption for the longest time because people didn't really know how British school systems worked. Whereas for Hermione to be in the same year as Ron and Harry with a September birthday, she'd have to be a year older, but no one really mm-hmm. knew that. I don't think anyone knew her her birthday was in September for quite some time. So.
0: Right. Yeah. She's actually almost a whole year older than Harry is. And Ron is, what, seven months older than Harry is? Six months? He's in May, isn't he? No, he's March 1st. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ron's birthday is on March
6: 1st. So he'd be a few months older anyway.
0: At least four, almost five. Well, Harry... It,
6: Harry's little... almost the beginning of August.
0: August is eight. Yeah. So Ron is five months older than Harry is. And Hermione is ten months older than Harry is. Mm-hmm. Where Ginny is a year and two weeks younger than Harry is because her birthday is the 11th of August.
6: Yeah, but we didn't know all of that at this point, so...
0: No, we didn't.
6: It does kind of make sense because Harry is the protective type and he's being a big brother for Hermione.
8: Moni. <laughs> yeah,
6: the other thing I notice is that both he and Ron call Hermione a lot in this, which mm-hmm. often kind of annoys me in fix, but it does seem to work generally.
0: Yeah, I don't particularly like the nickname Hermione. You know, and we actually talked about that in the episode that you just heard. I was in as well, the last Last part of Power of Truth and Rinna brought it up that she really didn't like the nickname. I don't particularly care for it either.
6: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there was an interview somewhere, I can't really remember, where JK supposedly picked the name Hermione as one that you can't make nicknames out of.
8: You can make a nickname but... out of any. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really. Heck, I have a nickname of T.R. Turd. <laughs> I mean, where did you get that from?
6: Oh uh, well,
8: That's a big brother for you.
6: Our next yeah. moment in time is after the exams. They've made it through and they seem to have done pretty well and Harry goes up to Dumbledore's office to talk to him.
8: Do you think they knew about, I mean, I'm always here about Potter Manor, but they said you own headquarters.
0: Was this before, um, yes, this was 2004, so this was before okay. Grimmauld
6: was. Okay, It does generally make sense for the Order to have a headquarters in London just because it is the largest city in Britain and I think, yeah. did we know that's where the ministry was? In London? Yeah. I guess we we hadn't been to the ministry yeah. before either.
0: I've had fanfic and it comes out that it's obviously not canon, but I've had fanfic that's had an entrance to the Ministry of Magic in Diagon Alley. And I'm talking not an entrance as in something that would flew you to the ministry, but steps a building, doors, the ministry building. So that's been in fanfiction, you know, and here we find out that it's actually part of the underground. So
6: it makes sense I guess because London is the only place we've seen anything related to wizardry except for Hogwarts oh, having I mean, it there. Yeah, well, Hogsmeade and Hogwarts are sort of part of one area, and then there's Diagon Alley in London. And people liked giving Harry a manor. They liked there being a Potter manor. I don't know why (laughs) particularly, but that's that's a big thing.
0: We've read a couple of fics that have had that in there where it's been, you know, Potter manor, and it's like, Potter manor.
7: Mm. Well, you know, there's Malfoy Manor, so there has to be a Potter manor, too.
8: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Then he has a chateau in France and everything else.
0: I particularly liked the... I don't know what fic it was, but I was reading one of St. Margaret's fics, and he went back to see Petunia. They were in a safe house, and he apparently had inherited a farm with cows in Jersey. In Jersey? In, not not New oh. Jersey. In Jersey. Oh, okay. In England. Okay. Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, wrong Jersey. Come on, American. And Petunia had gotten a letter and had opened Harry's mail and it was something about his inheritance. And she's like, where is this money? Give us this money. We deserve this money. He's like, yeah, about 20 pounds of it. She's like, you are ungrateful, blah, 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 blah. Well, it ends up that he finds out that he's inherited this farm. And Janice says something about, why don't you give your aunt one of the cows, you know, dear Aunt Petunia, <laughs> here, cow. have a cow. <laughs> you know, find it on her front lawn, you know. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. I'm, Poor cow. I'm on tangent here, but... Poor cow. Yeah, I, I just, it's interesting to read in fanfic about how people think that Harry is, you know, he has piles and piles and piles and piles and piles of gold when all we saw was one vault. And yes, there was a stack of gold there, but gold doesn't last forever.
8: Yeah, I always like, there's like the secret vault that he doesn't the family get until vault,
7: 17. Yeah. So he finds out he's got the manor and he's he's very, very excited about it. And he can't wait to go tell Ron and Hermione.
8: Because they're going to go live with them.
7: Because although Molly's invited them to come and stay at the borough with the Family, they still want to have something of their own. And Dumbledore says, Are you going to be comfortable staying at the borough with Ginny there since, you know, the two of you aren't together anymore?
8: He's observant. Oh, uh, well, Dumbledore is very observant. Yeah. I think he just doesn't get enough credit for it. I think. I
0: think that Dumbledore knows that Harry has cut himself off from Ginny because of the prophecy and is now sorry for that and is wanting to make sure that Harry is comfortable with staying at the borough because he knows I, it's just, you know. Oh, sure. for sure. I would. I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't either. Yeah, I wouldn't want to live with my ex either. Well,
6: your ex is... Never mind. Um,
0: (coughs) (laughs) 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 Moving right along... (laughs)
6: <laughs> it's another instance of people expecting Harry to know more than he does I think I'm not sure if it's just his way of making the announcement it might be but Harry doesn't think he has anywhere to live and Dumbledore says I don't imagine that is going to be a problem it sounds almost like he expects him to know about there being a Potter Manor
0: There, he yeah, probably does
6: he reveals that anyway
0: that mean Petunia doesn't tell him anything oh, yeah. Petunia probably doesn't even know about it because if Petunia knew about it whole oh, baby
6: Dursley's would have moved a long time ago
0: <laughs> the Dursley would have sold the manor and squandered all the money, though.
6: Mm -hmm. yeah. Anyway, he does, he rushes down to find Ron and Hermione and tell them about this because it's wonderful and they'll have a place to live, and we also find out that part of this meeting was discussing Harry's training, and he's going to go through the aura program in a year, which is supposedly impossible. Which is supposed to be, what, three years?
8: I was going to say, I thought it was three years because I remember hearing Tonk saying that she just graduated or something back in Order of the Phoenix.
6: It doesn't actually (laughs) say he
7: He's going to be going to school seven days a week, 18 hours a day, without a break for an entire year.
8: That's insane. Workaholic much? <laughs> That's called eat, sleep, and work.
6: And Ron decides he can't possibly be expected to go do this by himself, and he's going to sign up to and Hermione follows yeah, it suit. It kind of
8: reminds me of the, um, have you ever read the fic of the War Mags or something like
0: that? Mm-mm. Okay. It's it's an old Wait, one. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about the War Mages? Yeah, that's it. Yes. It kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree.
6: I don't know if I've read that specific one. I might have. I've read ones where Harry is a mage of some sort or other. So
7: the next little piece of this is them getting up for, is it Christmas? Yes. yes. And Harry's waking Hermione up and she's I love what she says. It's 5.30. She'd fallen into bed at midnight. After seven months of this, she was ready to die.
0: Hell,
8: I'd be like that after one month. (laughs) One week. I I was going to
6: say a week would be all for me. (laughs) I like my sleep. I like that they're realistic about it, though. um, Hermione's usual breakfast has been upped, so she has this giant amount of calories because they're burning them at such a rate going through all this Mm -hmm. training. And the
7: boys are eating even more. Well, Ron does that anyway.
0: Yeah, I thought that was good. I liked the uh, what was the line? Both of them had widened across the shoulders. The boys, both of them had widened across the shoulders.
6: Ron, until it seemed he would have to turn sideways to go through a door. <laughs> and Hermione ran into Ron in a towel in the hallway.
0: Yeah, Yay! Yay! in a towel. Woo-hoo!
6: At least shirtless. Yeah, maybe there wasn't a towel, but it could be. Oh, darn.
0: Burst my bubble? She
7: blushes just remembering it.
8: We'll just imagine it said towel instead. Yeah, we can picture him with the towel.
0: (laughs) Okay, they go to the borough for Christmas, and Ginny is not there because she has spent Christmas with?
6: Dean's family.
0: Yeah. Bloody Dean Thomas. Bloody Dean Thomas.
6: Molly is rather uncomfortable with that whole thing, but...
0: Well, she's still in school, too, so... Yeah, this will be her last year in school, right? So we go to the next section, and it's June now.
6: And we've shifted to Ginny's point of view. You.
7: go ahead she's about ready to leave hogwarts forever and is going to join the staff at
0: st mungo's as a student nurse
6: which is interesting it's a good possibility as a career for jenny
0: well you also have to take into consideration Voldemort is still out there mm-hmm. yeah. the war is ramping up so this is that whole need to take part somehow so yeah i can see that with her
8: yeah i've always seen a lot of fix with her being a healer a nurse or a school teacher or something like that so when canon went for her to be a quidditch that really flew me for a loop
6: i've seen her being a Quidditch player before too people like that Mm. as a career for lots of people anyway she's sitting in her bed in the dorm room I think yes and she's looking at a picture of her with Harry which was taken just after their moment at the Quidditch game earlier
0: yeah before she dragged him off into the broom closet
6: right she's in
7: Harry's arms where she felt she was always meant to be but she's ruined that she's gone and rushed him when he wasn't ready and now now she'd lost him right (sighs) I'm like And that's where this chapter ends, so you're going to have to tune in next time for the third chapter of In the Beginning, which is called The End, to see what happens
6: next. Hopefully you're enjoying what we're doing with Peoncast so far.
0: And we're having a lot of fun with this. This is probably our eighth or ninth episode that we've recorded, and this will be the second one that you'll hear. Our recordings are a little out of order, but that's okay. So we're a little out have of any, order. Yeah, we're a little off anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have any criticisms or, or creative criticisms or comments or anything, please do email us. You can email Sue at Sue at Sue. what is your email address on?
7: Sue at Dexfoot at PotterFickWeekly.com.
6: We're always on the forum, so you can always. There will probably be a forum post about us coming out sometime before you see this.
0: I'll be a celebrity!
6: <laughs> dun dun, dun.
0: <laughs> Oh, that'll be so weird. So I think that's all for, for us this week.
7: Mm-hmm. So for the podcast...
0: We're uh, signing off. Have a good evening. Bye. 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 Good night. Bye.